but heavy d6 is here i see frank is is hanging out there lurking the the king of chat gang so i think that's good enough good evening everyone uh, i am the magical mr mephisto the most dangerous man in age of sigmar uh, i'm joined tonight by uh by the the godfather i think of a of age of sigmar content no no he's shaking his head no, no. uh no. tyler emerson <laughs> No, no, not, not even by long, not even by long shot. That's very, that's very kind, but not even by long shot. Not even by a long shot. The yeah, other title, nice. the other title yeah. I was supposed to give you was the most intelligent man in Age of Sigmar. Oh, no, you're, yeah. you're way off there too. But <laughs> no, 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 you can so... try it if you want. <laughs> you're really gonna have to tone it down. You're gonna have to tone it up. One of the most intelligent men in all of Age of Sigmar. No, <laughs> no, no. still not. Still, still too much. <laughs> still too much. Still too much. Anyway, I am I am joined by Tyler Emerson tonight. How's it going, Tyler? Good man. It's good, good to finally be on here. Good, yeah, it is. I I feel like we've been trying to kind of set this up for a little bit there, kind of since Rank yeah. started. And hey, man, life's life, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but um, no. Um, so tonight we're actually gonna, uh, you know, as part of this this Adepticon from home uh, movement, we're gonna we're gonna do lists because yeah. lists are tons of fun. Everyone loves lists. Uh, so, <laughs> so we're gonna be doing a, sort of our top five, bottom five uh, battle plans. Uh, before we get into all of that, I think we got to set some some sort of context of like. What we're talking about when we say top five versus bottom five, what we think makes a good this is this is a personal I think this is very, very heavy on the personal opinion and sort of philosophy side of things. We're not fully uh, uh, getting like sort of like deep into like, oh, this is all the only way battle plan should be and none of that, yeah, but just definitely. just just some sort of guiding hand. Or I guess what's what's your take when we're talking uh, the best versus worst? Like what what are what are people gonna expect tonight? Yeah, so I think first and foremost that we're gonna be talking about match play battle plans and the context of tournaments match play tournaments competitive tournaments you know what if you were running an event a tournament two day five round what would be your top five choices and also in what order mm -hmm. what would be your, your first round second round etc okay and then least favorite as well i think in that same context you know what are the scenarios you would like to see the least at tournaments right and right. There's, there's probably some obvious ones in there and maybe there's some not so obvious ones right right so I, I before we get into that though i do want to do a little bit of a background um so uh i as much as you love being flattered i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, uh help your ego out a little bit more here um uh, i don't think Rantcast exists if it weren't for our encounter at at nashcon by the way Oh, thanks, buddy. So yeah, I, that was uh, that was an amazing conversation we had that that first night. Yeah, yeah, well, that first night, and like, uh, I didn't like. I, it took me a while to like figure out like content creators, and and uh, I know at that point like Charlie and Wells was in was in hiatus, so it wasn't like active yeah. in, in in the parlance. Uh, but what it happened, like, I just met this cool guy. I was talking to you, and I'd seen you on on Warhammer Weekly, which is kind of my first exposure to you. And yeah. for me, you really are the gold standard of Warhammer Weekly guests. Uh, it, well, thanks, it, man. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this is really awesome for me. But, like, we had that conversation. I remember this this thing you said to me was, like, you really liked how open I was about the mental health side of things. Yes. And yeah, absolutely. That, believe it or not, was, like, kind of this pat on the back. I needed to make something more concrete. Because I get back mm. from NashCon, of course, like that same weekend is when we get the Osiric Bone Reaper trailer that just me and Brendan oh, yeah. Melnick were sitting in the hotel room on the, we stopped on the night uh, back, uh, Sunday night we stopped in the hotel room and we're both watching these videos on his phone, just like, oh my god, this is the best thing, <laughs> we're just like losing our minds, and like, 
So I get home. First off, I'm sorry that you're having to share a hotel room with Brendan Melman. I don't don't know if I can do that. He he goes to sleep really early, which for like, I'm an insomniac. And Mm. uh, like, I'm like, okay, now what do I do? (laughs) You know, like, I'm just, I gotta, he's like, you want to be nice to somebody. He's like, like, so I can't watch like videos on my phone, like all night. I can't leave the TV on. So you're just kind of like, basically, uh, thumb through twitter all night long is what you did until yeah. you fall asleep um is he up to 8 30 yet or i think he's he's pushing nine now i think D and D with a uh, with with ty uh has like pushed him up towards like nine o'clock <laughs> okay <laughs> well my dad who's nearly 60 is 8 30 so 8:30. maybe he'll get there in another year <laughs> laugh my ass off you jerks <laughs> so, so of course brendan's here in chat gang tonight with us uh <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so like, uh, no, it really was, it was like, it was kind of the perfect storm because like, uh, you know, you, it, I was really only doing like just off and on Twitch stuff by that point in time. And mm. then when Osiric Bone Reapers come out, I'm like, I basically grab Haywo and I'm like, I have to talk about this on the internet. And yeah. that was really where Rantcast started. Um, nice. so, but like having, it, I needed that, like, like you kind of like i don't know if you know you really realize it but you kind of gave me this past to be me and then uh it was it was yeah, man. so so i really appreciate that you and, and aos cool. coach was also a big part of that journey so so thank you so much man um i just had to, cool. I, I had to so now you you all know the origin story i think in <laughs> in perpetuity in full uh mm-hmm. for age how 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 age of sigma rant cast became a thing everybody in chat gang there you go the whole story all right yeah. um you ready to talk about battle plans, man? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. All right. So uh, you being the guest, I'm going to go ahead and let you, uh, we're, we're going to go back and forth. We're going to, well, no, uh, actually, before we do that, like we'll talk about philosophies, yeah. principles of design. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll let you take, take over. So sort of what is, you know, obviously battle plans, it's, it's sort of our, it, it established our win condition for the game of Age of Sigmar. Um, right. But it also is that sort of i always talk about playing the game in three dimensions i don't mean literally Mm. 3d i mean Mm. in decision making it's not just Mm. a a a linear if then it's a lot more of that sort of spreadsheet of situational it it gets really cerebral and and how that all for me crystallizes in a battle plan uh what is that what's i guess for you how would you characterize battle plans what do you we used to so, yeah, before the show, we had talked about it's relevant to try to convey some of our respective assumptions and biases, in right. other words, as right. always. Right. Yeah. And because of that, that can hopefully give folks a sense of why they might disagree with us when we say something that they think is stupid, because we may have different assumptions. Right. You know, there's, there's not necessarily going to be hard edges on any of this. So, yeah, I thought it was important, first and foremost, to try to convey what are some of our respective sort of underlying views, first principles. And, I mean, to kick off one that is, I think, pretty common for a lot of tournament players, sort of an anti-randomness bias, or at least an anti-too-much-randomness bias. That's why relocation or, for example, is not a favorite among most folks. Right. Right, and, and and there's a set of scenarios that, yeah, have higher variance in randomness. Randomness in the sense of, for example, let's take relocation orb where it's moving around the table depending on what dice mm-hmm. roll you get, and then 
by comparison, shifting objectives, which at least in my mind is a little less random an opportunity, maybe for a little more control, maybe not. Yeah, I um, I actually on uh, like Star Strike for me is is it has the appearance of being stupendously random, but mm. in play it doesn't always end up stupendously. Ra- you know that first objective is going to come down center along a line, and then from yeah, there, new new right. Star Strike, new Star Strike, right? New Star right. Strike, um, right. new Star Strike mitigates that randomness, I think, by kind of going. It's going to be along this line here. So if you creep up on that line, most stuff can swing 18 inches one direction or another pretty handily. Mm. Um, And so you're kind of setting yourself up to like catch, you know, catch the star that first time in Star Strike. And then from there it gets like wacky. So they've done some stuff to mitigate some of these randomness. I think Relocation Orb is the one that just like spirals out of control very quickly. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, so, go on. Yeah, so what's one of your, um, let me give you one more, then I'd love to hear some of your assumptions. So, So I'd say another. Um, bias that I have. Vince talks a lot about this from a both game design and sort of game play experience standpoint, the difference between interactive play experiences versus non-interactive play experiences. Mm-hmm. I have a, a bias toward favoring offense over defense, favoring, uh, not favoring scenarios where, at least in my mind, there's a greater likelihood, distinct greater likelihood of, for example, Alpha bunkering strategies mm-hmm. working. Alpha bunkering, if I'm, I'm sure most folks are watching, they're, they're familiar with that concept. But where, for example, let's say you uh, use the magma tunneling from your rune smiter deployed off the board with 20, 20 hearthguard berserkers, and you then put those in your opponent's face, or you put them on one of the middle objectives in Border War, one of the middle two objectives. But yeah, there are a number of armies that can deploy pretty strong alpha bunkering strategies that depending on the matchup, can make it very difficult for, I'd say, duality of death right now in terms of scenarios that are being played a fair amount or mm-hmm. have been played a fair amount in tournaments where you'll see that in some matchups because it's only two objectives and it's oriented around scoring for battle line and hero. Right, right. Yeah, one of my things is, a, I, I know this is, you know, usually when we talk tournament, we're, we're often talking about uh, a tuned, you know, there is a uh, sort of assumption of comp- a competition at a tournament, right? Mm. Now, that, mm-hmm. of course, I do think most people show up for a tournament for just Unbelievable. A, uh, excuse to play five games of Age of Sigmar. Hang on one moment. Yeah, Unbelievable. Sorry. Thank you so much for that follow there, kicker. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Got to do the radio voice anytime I can. Um, also, welcome to Chat Gang, everyone. I see uh, we're real busy tonight uh, popping off. Dan... Uh, Matter, uh, Coach, as, as as usual, Fluke Skywalker, Andrew Yells, my boy, uh, Tomb King Tristan, wow, uh, Brendan, obviously, earlier. Thank you, everybody, for, for joining us for this this great night. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that there's um, an approachability element to, mm-hmm. to, ob- to objectives that doesn't often get quantified. Like, when I walk up uh, to my first, second, third tournament, um, having that, like, having that moment where you read the battle plan and go, which one is this? Right. Mm-hmm. And even me, like a, a pretty experienced, savvy player, I have that moment to go, oh, yeah, that's the one with the st- with the staircase deployment. Ah, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. shake my fist at the air. Um, yeah. I, th- I think there's a like an approachability uh, aspect to 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 battle plans that when you that's work- a great point. Like, I think a better part of Valor in that context, mm-hmm. because I sus- suspect that better part of Valor, all the sequel that can be higher variance 
dependent on player skill. Mm -hmm. You know, those who are better at math and better at yes. thinking about when should I be burning objectives, when should I not be, versus more casual players who are thinking less about that, but who want to have a good time at a tournament. Right. Not that that's, that's necessarily a reason not to do better part of Valor, but there's probably a little more skill variance and decision-making thinking in that one than your average one. And I'm not saying make it a, making it more casual or more casual battle plans. I just mean, you're, you're playing five of these. You don't want right. all five of them, even for the experienced player, to be like, I'm busting out calculus every single... Yeah every single event like time and we we talked about right. in the context of you know five we put in our pack in order i think that that approachability aspect is something to to consider uh yeah for that's when, a good you're, one. when you're arranging your your pack and stuff you don't want every single one of them to be the staircase deployment you know you don't want right. every single one of them to um you know i want you to get your game set up quickly i want you to look at the where the objectives are look at your opponent's army and go okay i know how to play this you know mm -hmm. to, to have that snap and um, you know, a lot of times I think a good, good objective is a good battle plan is one where you go, I know how I'm going to play my army. I almost don't care what they're doing. And I almost mm. like, I, and then you react in the moment and you take some of that pressure off of the setup aspect of the game, which is the second most time consuming aspect of our game. Right. Right. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, so what are some of your own, uh, so that's, that's a good one. Any others come to mind in terms of, and partly how I think about this is, uh, what, are the elements that contribute towards sort of optimal Age of Sigmar experiences. You know, like you're getting, you're really uh, raising the bar on the general experience so, across the across the number of players so, at a tournament. So I have like a hard, like I have a like a actual like a hard number for objectives I want to see on the table, and that's three. I believe, mm -hmm. like I like I actually have a hard. I wanted to see three objectives on the table because I figure, um, like I. Eight objectives is kind of nightmarish to me because the armies I happen to play, but some people love that. It's yeah. chaos personified. But I do have a hard number on the low end. When I see two objective battle plans, I just go, gross. You know, like, I, <laughs> like I just, it's so, yeah. so, like, one of my my expectations or one of my my biases is, is like, I have just this, like, hard number where I'll, I won't even begin to read your battle plan if it's two objectives. Like, GHB mm. comes out with new battle plans and I see two objectives in the book. It's just some brand new battle plan. I'm just gonna like mm -hmm. immediately have this like ugh, like this knee jerk gross reaction. So <laughs> yeah. so like like I, I really I like to see more object more battle plans as or more objectives on battle plans as opposed to less in general. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think there there might be a I've I've established the floor at three. I don't think I've quite established the ceiling yet. Eight feels like we're getting towards it. Uh, ten might be the ceiling on objectives. I think is acceptable. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like just absolutely third rail don't do not touch 10 objective yeah. battle plans but but like yeah, three that's... is a cer certainly a minimum um and then from there it's it's um i used to think of battle plans as like i still think of battle plans as a great equalizer i used to think mm. of them as an army build equalizer um i don't believe that so much anymore like mm. they are an equalizer in terms of like uh they can mitigate sort of uh, the filthiest army can be mitigated by a certain battle plan, right? Like, mm -hmm. Total Commitment, for instance, might make Zinch a lot more palatable in a tournament mm -hmm. scene, right? Chain Host, specifically. Might make them more palatable. Seraphon. 
Uh, think right, like well, no, that's teleport, not deployment. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Never mind. No, it doesn't make it more palatable. It only punishes Storm Stormcast Eternals. Um, and Nighthawk. Clearly, Stormcast and Nighthawk need to be punished. Yeah, like, yeah, no, it only punishes them. Never mind. Uh, conceivably, I mean, it, it, it does affect Fire Slayers, which yeah, is, conceivably, speaking, a net positive, I would say, but yeah. Duality of Death, uh, Place of Arcane Power, like two of the ones that, at one point in time, I went, oh, you're going to want a minimum amount of heroes to, to play this thing, and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. I don't think that way so much anymore. I don't think you tailor lists completely to things like that, like I mm. felt like I did be before. So when I say, like, army equalizers, I don't mean at the list building phase so much anymore, because I mm -hmm. think the game, the way the way the game has moved, um, we tend to, when we build our lists, kind of have a, a good understanding of how many units we need in an army. You know, we, we mm -hmm. started to really grasp that anyway, mm. you know. Um, you know, corn's gonna yeah. load up on heroes. You know, you know, oh, oh, death is. You know, I, if you're on the night hunt side of thing, you're gonna load up on heroes. If you're on the yellow one mm -hmm. side, you're, you're gonna tighten up on your heroes. Like it's just and battle line because of the three battle line requirement. You're kind of always paying that tax anyway. Mm. It's changing how you build your army lists. You know, where armies that have good battle line are good, and armies that don't have good battle line are bad. So like, it, right. it's not the equalizer in the way I used to think at the list building step. Because I think list has become its own mini game. Yeah, I can see it to me. Certainly, still relevant in the aggregate. You know, I think a good tournament will have a, a set of five missions mm -hmm. that require a range of orientations. Sort of require being capable of winning under a variety of conditions, and so that can be the number of objectives. And that, I mean, that's a big one. It yeah. can be, it can be a number of elements. So yeah, uh, that, you know, that's why you'll almost always see usually nowadays places of arcane power in about every tournament pack, you know, two day, five round tournament pack, or maybe play, three places of power might, might sneak in there as an alternate. Yeah. But yeah, because of the hero orientation. So yeah, right. that's a way you can get the kind of balance in the aggregate. Right. Right. And, and so like, I, I used to think it, it, like I've moved it off the list and onto like the actual play now is where I've, I've mm. begun to see the equal equalization um, gotcha. more so. Because people tend to have a problem unit in their army, right? It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what, what the army is. Everyone's got something, um, mm. for the most part. Sorry, something else. Um, everyone else has something <laughs> for the most part. You know, that you know, hammers and anvils are pretty pretty classic design philosophies. So a lot of people, even even not the most experienced player, they're looking for the hammer in their list, they're looking for the anvil in their list. Um, yeah. You know, not... If you're on the super galaxy brain list builds, you're looking at three and four threats, three and four mm. things that you need to deal with, right? Um, but but when it gets right down to it, when you move the objectives up from that, like, my arbitrary three value, you're saying that you might have problem.unit on the mm. table that I can't deal with, but it can only be in one of five relevant places. It can only be in one of... Four relevant places and one of three. And so what ends up happening, the more objectives you add to the table, the more you dilute people's armies and the more honest they start to have to kind of play the game. You, know, you can't be yeah. everywhere at yeah. once. And, yeah, and, I generally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, generally. there. I mean, obviously, like any hard hard and fast rule like this or generalization, there's probably some some exception. But for the most part, I mean, us here at Bone Reapers, uh, well, I'll go ahead and be specific here. I can basically be in two strong places that you mm. will never you will never beat me you know like yeah. i am in these two places but now you had a third 
you know, now I'm starting to stretch then. Now you had five objectives. Five objectives were, right. is really a great equalizer for Frostier Code Reapers. Yeah, and another, another thing, for, I think, for TOs to consider is what's the state of the meta? Right. Uh, in in relate in relation to Glee win percentages. Now we know that win percentages have some inherent challenges with the nature of the data that most of us are relying upon, but I think generally there's enough signal there that we can extrapolate, you know, pretty good assessment uh, to help in our thinking about which scenarios to choose. So if you look at right now the top of the meta, you've got Zinch, Fire Slayers, Dodgers of Kane is still up there, OBR is of course up there. Three of those four doc OBR, Fire Slayers, have a similar pattern. Mm -hmm. They have a, a sort of a limited number of hammers mm -hmm. that also function as anvils. You know, right. one of the, I think, inherent, longstanding, recurring, systematic challenges with the game are these units that combine both too much offense and too much defense. Like, again, Vince has talked a lot about it. Vince and Tom have talked a lot about this. You need to pick one. You know, yeah. like make OPR really offense or really defense. Don't make them both. I, I think that's anyway. the cardinal sin of Petrifax Elite is what is really what's going on. Even if I think it's a problem or not, it just philosophically mm -hmm. having the punchiest thing be the tankiest thing will always yeah. create a little bit of a disconnect in my brain. Um, mm -hmm. You know, again, whether I think the, the army is a problem, it's just going when you have the punchiest thing also be the an like the anvil is the hammer. Like, ooh, you know, like that just. It goes against one of those like core principles, like when you're just first getting into Age of Sigmar, like oh, it's all about hammers and anvils, and yeah, yeah. and you're like, but the hammer is the anvil, oh. right. <laughs> you, just like how do I deal with this? Yeah. Um, you know, what I was getting at is that if you think about the current meta with those three among the top four, and I know I know there's more that you could extra, I think you could extrapolate to say that certain builds within these factions are stronger than the win percentages let on. Like, there's a number of, I'd say, Cities of Sigmar builds that are incredibly strong. Oppressive. Like, there's some that oppressive are not... builds. <laughs> and we're not that talking are... about the War Clans menace right now, exactly. But there's some <laughs> right. there's some pretty oppressive builds in there, too. So Yeah, but anyway, so, so if you take Doc, Fire Slayers, and OBR, you know, they have these hammer plus anvils that you can make choices to make things a little more difficult for them as you're, you were getting on. And right now, the, the answer is more objectives on the table to stretch yeah. them out more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's a this is a concept like Haywell will talk about, but essentially tempo in, in Age of Sigmar. Mm. Um, time. Time is a resource in Age of Sigmar. Mm -hmm. Something that, like, I think uh, seasoned players are, are aware of, but I don't think it's in the common parlance of how we talk about the game. But time mm -hmm. as a resource. Uh, there's only five rounds, right? And once you begin to realize... I'm not talking about time as in the, the, the round clock boss. Like, I'm talking about time as in the number of rounds, the number of turns mm. you get. Um, realizing that your the killy hammer anvil of death is only going to be something in one place, a turn in the op absolute optimal, you know, scenario. Like, it's it, mm. it can be to five different places on the table every, you know, every turn. Okay, that is its ideal best case scenario. So disrupting mm -hmm. its tempo or its time it becomes a strategy. This is the, what we've started calling... It's not just chaffing. Chaff is more like protection, but actually speed bumping people, which is why I think we've tried to shift yeah. the vernacular. Putting mm -hmm. something four inches... Uh, like, just a, stretching out a line of idiots four inches mm -hmm. away from something, saying you either have to charge it or go around. Mm -hmm. Like, going, yeah, this is going to cost you tempo. This is going to cost you time. And yeah. when you have more objectives on the table that becomes a more viable strategy when it's still two objectives you go 
I'm cutting a line straight towards that that thing, and I'm gonna pile in mul- as multiple times. I'm gonna try to get make the big charge and wrap around. You're the same way strategy of beating the speed bump when it's one objective versus mm. three objectives. Now they need to get to. Um, yeah. You kind of dilute that counterplay there by right. narrowing the amount of objectives. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Good point. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I think that's yeah, pretty good setup. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we, we uh, so so you all know now kind of like our biases, I think. Um, is there anything that like you just like completely just dislike? You just don't like it? Is there like just as a mechanical in, in, or as a as in reference to, to battle plans? Just something that you don't deployment wise? Is there anything you just like this is not like I just don't like this? That's a good question. Let's see. I really resonate with your point about. Uh, Tending to not favor scenarios that have one or two objectives. Uh-huh. You know, we're going to get into one scenario in particular that's still a favorite <laughs> among many. Right. And a, we'll have a good debate on that one. But let's see. So we've got deployment, deployment orientations. I mean, we're seeing a little more prevalence of the nine inch, uh, the 15 inch from the back, you know, yeah. 15 inch up. So yeah. nine inch between us, 18 inches total between us yeah. in a game that has increasingly gotten faster yes. over the years. Uh, that I think is pushing in the wrong direction. Would love to see, yeah, more more orientation around the the twelve, the traditional twelve, uh-huh. than the than fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I, I I can see that. Like, I I feel like there is an intent there to like speed up the game, getting people to engage mm. on turn one and turn two. But not yeah. all army. But what that I feel why that has become a bad thing is not all armies are created equal in terms of uh, number of deployments. Quite, yep. quite simply, and I think that that is exacerbated by the 18-inch threat, essentially, right? Like, 18-inch, yep. like, that's just not enough of a buffer um, considering how many, quite simply, like, three drops. You know, a lot right. of three-drop armies out there, and then armies that'll just never get below five to yeah. operate correctly. Um, so yeah. I think that that kind of, that, like, to me, that, that, that like, what that sort of uh, shrunken threat range going basically to 18 inch threats versus 24 inch threat what that has done is it's it's really it's really kind of exacerbated some of the list building boss steps you know like you gotta Mm -hmm. beat the list building boss battle first and then you have to beat the deployment boss and like you see you've actually (laughs) like exacerbated this existing issue um so i i guess guess what i'm saying the really long way of saying i can see it (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah um yeah uh i don't like uh odd deployments it's my, just, mm. there is no, I have no rational explanation for it. I'm sure there's sure. fantastic reasoning. So like, just on an <laughs> arbitrary dislike, I don't like weird, de- I don't like the staircase deployments. They bother me. Mm. And, mm. uh, and, uh, so we're going to see this when I, when you're, I, I needed to prime it, uh, prime people for this when I talk about some of my least favorite objectives later and you're going to, or least favorite battle plans and you're going to see it in there. So like, it's got a, the deployment pushes me over the edge on not liking it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so, yeah, that's that's one that reminds me of maybe we get into this at, at, at a future point. We were discussing the prospects of an effort to curate and or create uh, community scenarios or, you know, community created, curated scenarios that could try to get an effort of number of folks, number of TOs, maybe get involved to put together a set of six scenarios there's a number of variables, you know, that you could look to modify just with the ex- existing battle plans. 
<clears throat> you don't even have to necessarily come up with yeah, new, completely new battle plans, but there, there's so many variables that you could tweak to really create unique experiences just building on these existing plans. Right. I mean, just, just dialing back a threat range, for instance, right? Yeah. Completely changes the dynamics of a battle plan. Um, yeah, absolutely. And by, by threat range, I'm using jargon. I mean that that sort of that dis, that space between my my zone and your zone, right? Like that, right. Sh shrinking that or extending that. Um, right. One thing I, I think would be interesting again on that would be, I mean, it has to be done carefully. Um, if I sent you Chris Welfare's Sydney Slaughter pack from last year. Okay. Where he created custom scenarios. Oh, I sent it on Discord. You may not have seen it yet, but yeah, it was at least for my money the best example that I've seen of these custom scenarios. If anyone's interested, just Google Sydney Slaughter events or uh, Sydney Slaughter custom scenarios. You should be able to find the PDF or it's on Facebook. Just just search for Sydney Slaughter. And yeah, so he had for a few of them, he was using the behemoth is worth 10 more models or in this one, hero is worth 10 more models. And I think that's another interesting variable that you have to be careful you know, because right. there, you don't necessarily, there could be some challenges in trying well, to do that. Now you take a stone horn and it's worth 20 models, right? Ex like... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to have a, an asterisk on that. Yeah, this doesn't, no, you guys already get your fun with mm -hmm. uh, worth 10 models. You, you don't get to double up on it, but yeah. anyway, there's, yeah. there's yeah. a bunch of those variables. That's a fun variable, or I like a top around, bottom of round scoring. I would love to play That's with another that. one. I would love yeah. to play with that a lot more. Um, yeah. The, like my, one of the, I think, community accepted worst uh, like battle plans has that mm. and like you don't see it anywhere else and I'm like why does the one that we don't like the most have the mechanic i personally would love to see a lot more of oh yeah like, yeah yeah okay right like, yeah. like why isn't that in something else um yeah you know capturing if you control x objectives you know like right. you know we've, we we've got two of those right uh, to my mind um and uh i mean the minor loss if i don't control like it, i don't know it's mm. like it, like it's such an all or nothing i think that's that's one of those interesting design spaces but i wonder what that would look like mm -hmm. by by putting that on different sort of configurations of where the objectives fall how how yeah. would that affect it like if you you know for instance like uh knife to the heart it's a very mm -hmm. distant objective wise you have to commit to going in and getting that point um what if they're closer but you need to get all four or five you know, what kind of melee mm. does that cause? It, it, you know, if, if it's uh, like focal points, but you need to capture three of them to instantly win. Right. Yeah, you know, something weird. Playing around with numbers like that to, to force like sort of kill zones and, and interaction on the table. I think that yeah. that's a fun little dial to, to twist sometimes. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, maybe we can more talk, talk more about that later. Yeah, there's, like I said, a lot of dials that you can turn. Mm -hmm. Orthogonal aspects to existing plans, you know, ways to change things up, push against the grain. Uh, Scott Sproul, a friend of mine, he had a couple of good suggestions in that regard. You know, take shifting objectives and add a line breaker component to it. Uh, you could, you know, you could just do a number uh, by of things. Line, by line breaker, what do you mean, by the way? Meaning it's incentivizing you to get into your opponent's deployment. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And do something as opposed to just function in the middle of the board. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, just yeah, just ortho orthogonal. So if it's if it scores when you're when it's deeper in, like it's yeah, yeah it could be that, it could be secondary, yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be another thing. I mean, it's a little bit of a tangent here, um, but mm. talking about like sort of to additional packs, uh, you know, a, a, a to sort of sponsored, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. battle plans. I mean, this is this is in that that vein of like of uh, with a homebrew in D and D, you have to be really really mm. careful. 
looking at somebody's homebrew class or feats because their their sort of gauge of balance isn't often as yeah. healthy as like say like a Vince Venturella who yeah totally has been employed in designing games right like <laughs> right. um so I think I think there there'd be like having a useful like sort of TO approved pack for mm-hmm. like additional battle plans I think that's pretty important like it not just like yeah not not to devalue input from the community but like community does the thing and then like the tos and players and all those like everyone like looks at it and go okay is this you know is this functional would be the first thing we've seen yeah. some some like custom scenarios where like you actually can't score it you know like <laughs> like on the, the way it's written and stuff like it's just just going through some like basic litmus tests like that to go hey right. does this fit and then having sort of these like this to resource i think is a really cool idea i think that's a really cool perhaps future Rantcast topic. Yeah, so I just wanted to like... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was talking with Brendan about this a number of weeks or actually months ago now of a... You know, we have that great effort that... Okay, this is our last tangent and we need to move on the battle plans. <laughs> that Chuck and a bunch of folks in the community that they put together. I don't know if you've seen it. It was this modular AOS uh, United US community pack and many different modules, painting, scoring, sportsmanship, all kinds of things. And... but. Kind of building on that and doing something that might be a little more concise and focused in a specific way around, yeah, like these core elements for a TO, especially sort of a little more constrained, uh, like guidelines on terrain placement. That's not necessarily something that's obvious to mm-hmm. everyone when they're thinking about how to do that well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe thoughts on the terrain features might be another, you know, the damned mystic, etc. might be another one to consider the, and then certainly, uh, yeah, some of these other, you know, a, a set of six, five or six scenarios that have gone through a process of getting reviewed input by TOs in the community. And then they come to consensus on, you know, we, we feel strongly enough, Right. about these scenarios to put our stamp of approval on them collectively and then an effort to try to do that on an annual basis as our own community effort that goes along with uh, the general sample that comes out every year. See, I don't know, it could be, it could be an interesting project. No, I, I, I love this because I think it puts keeps the focus on the community. And I think, it, mm. you know, I maintain the community is really the best aspect of this game. The community is, you know, in fact, bigger than the game for me. Look, look at what's going on right now. <laughs> you know, we're yeah, not, yeah, we're not gaming right now, We're but the community is still sort of united in sort of a common enjoyment of the game right now, even though we're not throwing dice around. So I think that's really, really significant, really important. Um, Having like, just like a, you know, like a little like direct line up for like, Hey man, I want to make this, I think this would be great to see in TO and you're just Mm. random community member and you just write a, write a, write a scenario and you think it looks, it's just, this battle plan is great. And you, you know, Mm. send it up through the, you know, the council of, of this goes in the, this goes in the rando pack, like that you, that every TO could use. I think that that's, that's a good component of community, community engagement where, um, you're, you're essentially helping shape the match play. Yeah. Um, And, you know, match play seems like kind of this fixed point, you know, you Mm. can't mess with it. We got to wait for GW to, but to take some onus over that, I think is just really, I think that's really cool. I think that's really impressive. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. And having an app. Yeah, we're trying to. Go ahead. Yeah, we wanted to try to get a little bit of that going on with the schemes. You know, I sent out that notice, uh, those tweets on uh, yeah a couple of days ago. Just inviting folks to, if anybody hasn't seen that, so Vince, Tom, David Griffin, and I, David Griffin, TO of Nashcon, 
we worked on, especially Vincent Tom worked on a set of schemes uh, that are essentially secondaries. And we want to refresh them this year. So we're inviting anybody to send us their proposed schemes or tweaks to existing ones you know, as part of the effort to, to refresh this. Because it's something that, again, it's a module that you can just bolt on if you so choose to your tournament. And it'll, it'll be part of a sort of, you know, the cards will be, they'll be well-designed, they'll look great, easy to print out, give them to your players. They have something physical and tangible. And they'll also be in a PDF that gives you more context you know, uh, recommendations to consider on how to, how, how many points to associate with a scheme yeah. and, you know, and other things like that. So yeah, would love to it, just reach me on Facebook or Twitter or uh, tylermerson at gmail.com. If uh, anybody has any thoughts on proposed schemes, love to see them. Yeah. The, the schemes I, I mentioned uh, in my, my NashCon recap, it's, that's like a way deep cut on, on the rant cast there. Um, yeah. I, I loved the schemes and I, cool, man. Yeah, I, I loved them. I got I did get Curse of uh, Curse of Kings, I believe it was, and that's Tomb, Tomb that, King's Curse. Nice. Tomb King's yeah. Curse. That one just stands out in my mind because it was this. It wasn't a gimme like the uh, the triumphs in in, G, in the G, uh, in in GW's like little PDF they released there. They're yeah. so either uh, like win mores or like automatic or like some armies just will never get certain ones. It's like <sighs> like. But with the, that Tomb King's Curse, you're like, you're having mm-hmm. to really think about it. Like, okay, this is my unit that I got to get killed. And then yeah. I need it to be killed by a thing that I don't want to engage it. And then your opponents, like, you know, they know that you now have the curse because you have to dimension right. it. <laughs> and they're just trying to throw that thing in your face to get it killed. Like, it just, it mm-hmm. adds this dynamic to the game. In, in yeah. match play, even, where you're kind of bringing in this other, uh, dare I say, like almost a narrative component and really amping it's, up the yeah. game. It's fascinating because NashCon has become, I would say, known for, well, it's, it's, it seems to have maintained so far, at least, a good balance mm-hmm. of the sort of serious competitive. You know, a lot of competitive folks come wow. to NashCon, yeah. bring really strong lists. You've got the two-list format. And then yet it's maintaining this amazing casual atmosphere as well. And, you know, so, for example, we don't hear a lot of complaining about these schemes, and some of these, for the most, I mean, it's overwhelming support and appreciation and enjoyment of these, at least based on what we've heard mm-hmm. collectively over the however many three years uh, that NashCon's been going on. So, yeah, that's that's not that's a little, not necessarily surprising, but that's not a guarantee that that would be the outcome. Yeah, because some of these things are, they do change the game a fair amount. And they're also worth a lot. Like in, that, in NashCon's pack specifically, major is 15, a minor is 10. Minor loss is seven, I believe. Five, maybe it's five, and a major loss is zero. But this each scheme, each game is worth ten points. It's the equivalent of a minor victory. Yeah. That's a big yeah. impact on rankings. Yeah, yeah, and the the other part of it is like, whilst you said it kind of meant it can it can warp the the dynamic of the game, it's not like you're suddenly playing the game completely differently though. Totally. And I think that's very important that you're not like just suddenly like turning your models on their like on their heads and pushing them. like nothing right. truly. You know, some of the predictive ones are great. You know, like, uh, pick a terrain piece at the beginning of the game, basically. Uh, yeah. That is the altar of Kord, murder the most right. stuff around it. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's, like, cool stuff like that. So I, I think it's cool, and it's just basically essentially encouraging you to, like, look at the game in a, a sort of, like, gamey, interesting way. <clears throat> yeah. Pardon me. Absolutely. Um, hey, Chuck, I see a lot of you, uh, a lot of you uh, joining uh, Alex. Hey, Colleen, why are we not lifting weights while we're talking right now? Because... <laughs> 
only one man is capable of like lifting yes. weights and painting uh, <laughs> and like flexing at them to dry them. <laughs> did you did you catch a, a strength hammer? No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back late tonight and, and check, check out some of it. He yeah. was air. He was doing like air squats while painting a model, and I'm like, I can barely yeah. do one or the other, <laughs> and he's just yeah. like, and then he flexed and it it dried the model. Like just like. like That's hilarious. Uh, all right, so so here we go. Um, why don't you kick us yeah. off with with your uh. Uh, I've actually got a, uh, right now, if you're you're watching here in, in Twitch, uh, or watching it back on YouTube later, I've actually got focal points sitting up here, and this was just from, like, kind of talking about the topic tonight. Uh, focal points, I think, came up for both of us on our best list, so we mm -hmm. might as well just, we might as well just focus on this one real quick. Okay. Uh, but I'll let you, I'll let you, uh, so we both picked focal points, why don't you uh, tell me yeah. why it's the best uh, and should be in every pack. Okay. So, I'll say now, if we were talking about so giving the order in which we would choose if we were TOing a two-day match play competitive tournament or whatever, you know, match play tournament, whether you're there to be casual or semi-competitive or competitive or whatever, I would choose this as the fifth and final game because focal points is king of Age of Sigmar right now. Uh, the belt was in the hands of Border War for ever since it came out. It's been, I'd say, the maybe not overwhelming favorite, but certainly majority favorite in the community for a long time. Uh, you see it all over the place, and it's still amazing. But yeah, the focal points pips it by a little bit for a few reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the 2018 or 2019, I think they're both great. I don't. I'd love to hear, Matt, if you have any particular preference. Uh, maybe just real quickly in summary, would you, do you have a preference on 2018 or 2019? Uh, I actually like the old one a little bit better. Okay. I, I, the, um, it felt the the sort of like the the sort of they all they did is was twisted to the side, right? Like where the where the uh, objectives are. Um, yeah, two thousand eighteen is the place of arcane power. Yeah. Deployment, and then yeah, they switched the scoring right. on it a little bit. Right. So, um. The orientation is what I kind of favored a little bit before because I found that, mm -hmm. like, the way uh, tournament terrain tends to be set up is you usually have a big... There's often some sort of centerpiece. Like, mm -hmm. quite often there's there's usually some sort of centerpiece. And yeah. uh, by putting it on either side of that centerpiece is essentially what you were doing. Uh, you're forcing mm -hmm. us to kind of go around or fly over. Um, what Focal Points does on the current orientation, essentially, is it says, uh, you know kind of like put something on one side of the middle on the middle terrain piece and then you're mm. just going to run straight across and mm. i feel like you had a little bit more of a like this uh a little bit more of this like sort of churning whirlpool of murder and in mm -hmm. the old one whereas now it's a little bit more like straight across um, yeah that, that would gotcha. be my only that would be my only uh critique of of the new one 2019 versus 2018 yeah no i think that's reasonable yeah so, so that said i love both yeah. Because the, the way it scores, the number of objectives, and their, their sort of uh, equidistance from each other, it forces yeah. you to engage. You must play this game. So. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if you compare it to the old king in our minds, as we've talked of Border War with Focal Points, well, Focal Points has that extra objective in mm -hmm. the middle. Mm -hmm. It also... So, you could certainly come into matchups where your opponent outdrops you, gets the choice of going first, 
they alpha bunker on both objectives and then they hold their own in their territory and with and, you know they have enough threats where they can have enough to hold up pretty well to keep their opponent off of their four point you know your, their opponent trying to come after their four point mm-hmm. and then hold pretty well early on on those other two to, to get up in the game where it can be a difficult whereas when you've got that fifth objective it just it stretches again it's the stretch that what we talked about earlier it stretches you out a little bit more mm-hmm. also with the nature of the scoring you know it's not with mortal war you've got of course two points on the left in the middle two points on the right in the middle mm-hmm. and then yours is one and your opponent to go after it is four points if you get it mm-hmm. that's great but yeah i tend to also favor the scoring of focal points a little more yeah. than, than that score because focal points is giving you essentially opposing points give you more like give you the most mm-hmm. points, right? And mm-hmm. so what the, what what ends up happening is sometimes you can lose a point, uh, whatever. Like you, you just happen to be out outscored. Like the little, uh, you happen to be outscored. The dice run hot in your opponent's favors. Any number of things yeah. happen. And what it forces you to do is it forces you to make like that that bigger decision now mm-hmm. to like to get those points back. And what I, I find this for me focal points is like the heavyweight boxer, uh, mm-hmm. like of 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 objectives where they're just trading. You're just trading trading these huge blows and like blocking. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I really it's 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 all the like I think every army, whether you're on something like IDK where you got the probably the best alpha in the still the best alpha in the game in that mm. it flies. When it gets right down to it, yeah. flying on the objectives and being able to put that pinpoint damage wherever, it's still yeah. kinda of like the best alpha. Um I, I'd make I, I'd hear some cases against it, but for me it comes down to the flying when we're talking objectives. Um, yeah, you can have them strong. fly in and do their trick. Yeah. And then you still have four other points to consider and the nature of how you score based on which points you control. And I think that that really, you know, something like that, whereas even like if you do, I know you're kind of talking about like, uh, we don't like alpha bunker armies. We don't like alpha bunker armies. Well, some people do mm. really love playing an attrition style game. Like they love that. Yeah. They love feeling yeah, like that, that battlefield tactician making minor changes and like sitting back and going like hold the western front and then send out the <laughs> cavalry over here right like they like right. that style of play um you still and get... quickly on that point there's trade-offs because i'm forgetting the fellow who i think has literally gone to three major tournaments and won every single one in the uk or somewhere and he's been playing idk specifically msu multiple small units idk mm-hmm. so he's got a number i think he's got one big unit of six offensive eels more guard, maybe two but for the most part, he's got a bunch of the one by three Morsar guard. He's got a couple of uh, at least one unit of thralls, maybe a unit of twenty or two by ten. But point being, he's got a number of units that, because of mobility, can add up quickly to be a sizable threat when they do what eels do. They pounce on you. Yeah. And so he is favored in a meta that, or in a this context that we're saying we're biased, or at least I'm certainly biased toward of more objectives than fewer, but there's trade-offs because IDK on average is probably going to do better than Fire Slayers or OBR and some of these other powerhouse uh, other factions. Yeah. 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 And again, like even the, the alpha attrition armies or the alpha bunker armies, they're going to be able to go, I'm going to, I'm going to guarantee this point here. You're never going to take my, like my four point off me. Uh, So Mm. now we're going to play the middle field, which favors attrition. Attrition armies tend not to be able to stick their necks out really strong. You know, Fire Slayers is a freaking crazy, uh, you know, exception to that rule because they've got the teleport, mm. right? But usually, yeah. 
but usually you're like you know like old school LON with like just a bunch of skeletons, right? You're you're gonna march mm-hmm. your skeletons and you're gonna kind of play the midfield and then maybe try to sneak around a unit of cavalry around the backs. The point is like even even attrition armies get to like play their game and you're yeah. playing like so that you know whether you're alpha, whether you're attrition or any of the range in between, you're shooting. Everyone's playing their game. Yes, and that's a good point. And yeah. I, that's what I truly love about this. One. This is this is totally this is the king of of battle plans for me. This is this is absolutely. I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, it, it, as you just said. I mean, yeah, nothing. But it it just enables a healthy variety of play styles, of st- uh, strategic choices based on your list. You know, game planning, a variety of game planning, and that's and it's. I think it's a a broader variety than Board of War enables on average. Right. As the prior. Not that, again, Border War is still fantastic, but cool, man. So, what is your, let's do uh, least favorite. What's yours? My absolute least favorite. My first, I'm just going to do my first one. Um, Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Total Commitment. Um, Yeah. And let's do. I think we're going to have a lot of shit. I think we're going to, I've got one on here. I think you're going to, you might disagree with for my best, but, uh, but Total Commitment, um, Total Commitment is actually almost a really rad battle plan. Like it's almost like the nine, the weird sort of like nine inch. Uh, what is it? Nine inches. Here, I'll, I'll pull it up real quick on my uh, sure. my little uh, screen here. Let's see, will you? Yeah, nine inches from enemy territory. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's almost it's getting close to the the correct amount of. Uh, here we go. So total commitment. Um, so you've got one objective. It's that staircase thing, which is kind of weird. So you got one six up, thirty in. Uh, you know, six in, twenty-four inch. So you're you've got like the sort of staircase. Uh, you know, it's diagonal deployment. And then you have these sort of staircase objectives, which I, I kind of yeah. mentioned a little bit earlier on. Uh, I don't mind that in and of itself because you have plenty of real estate in the diagonal deployment to deploy your army correctly. You know, if you yeah, if you, you got a Venn diagram or whatever. So like, I'm like right now, you you, you don't make me hate it yet. It's four object. It's four ba- it the it's four objectives, and they're kind of deep in your territory. Oh, wait, are you talking about Total Conquest total, or Total Commitment? Uh, total, total Commitment Con- 2019. Total, total Commitment is the one that does not allow reserves. You have to deploy everything right. on the board? Yep, yep, yep. Still okay. talking the same okay. one. So, um, okay, cool. So uh, di- this is Total Commitment 2019. Um, okay. Uh, so, um, it, but then, so like it's almost, almost, like I said, got the, uh, it's almost got these, this formula for being an okay, an okay scenario. Um, mm. that you, you score one for bunkering, basically three for, uh, marching across the table and stealing an objective. So I like that incentivizing you to go into it, but then they ruin it with no reserves. And this right here ruins this battle plan forever. Like mm. as long as this is a rule on a battle plan, it is a bad battle plan. Um, mm-hmm. it, it negates like the only ability basically from Stormcast Eternals and they don't need to be equalized. You know, we we're talking yeah. about like, you know, like, oh, like a place of arcane power incentivizing you to bring extra heroes and stuff like that. Like, yeah. this just punishes somebody. And I'm always of the mind, always of the mind, that you should reward, not punish shit. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. to me, it's it's backwards. Um, you know, this is the difference of like, bringing p- bad armies up and constantly, you know, like if everyone's like, oh, this stuff is all too good, let's constantly bring it all down. Like, you're yeah. going to have a very lukewarm sort of experience. Um, it, it, for the same reason, like, no re- no reserves punishes two armies that don't need to be punished. And why are you punishing anyone else? You should just be yeah. letting people have fun. So you're turning yeah. off abilities. Now, uh, to put this in a slightly different context, what if this said 
like, you know, your army can't generate extra command points or summoning points. What if it, what if there was a battle plan that said you don't get summoning points? Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah, that would be yeah. What, I don't think a lot of folks would like that. Yeah, to say the least. like like you don't you don't get summoning points. There's a no. There we go. We we write a battle plan. It says you don't get summoning points. Like we write one that says like you know we we like pinpoint look at like some generic army rules and we like that a couple factions have and say like you don't get those on just this battle plan. It's not good design. One thought as a way. To potentially get a little closer toward addressing it, we'd have to think through who this might not catch that you're still affecting negatively or too negatively. Uh, would be to add the additional element under no reserves that this does not apply to factions, faction allegiances that have a rule that runs counter to it in their battle traits, which of course is Night Haunt and Stormcast. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone else has... Well, I say that, actually. Sylvaneth does as well now. And again, that's another instance where I think you could make Sylvaneth comfortably an exception, part of the exception to this no-reserves <laughs> rule, and, and nobody would be the worse it, off for it's, it. <laughs> it's just it's just kicking the army... Beasts of Chaos also get hit by this. It's just hitting the yeah. armies that, like, statistically are basically the worst in the game. Off of, yeah. you know, uh, caveats to the statistics aside, like, it's just saying... Like, you're already suffering, here you go. And good, like, it's just kicking armies while they're down. And like I said, it's almost a good battle plan, but then they just have this no reserves here. Imagine taking out no reserves and putting in no summoning. Like, I mean, that would be almost less punishing because summoning tends to be something extra an army does, not something fundamental it does. Like with Mm -hmm. Night Haunt or or Stormcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so... That, I think, would help. Uh, we talked about earlier with Fire Slayers, of course. It would not allow them to tunnel. And I think, I mean, generally, Fire Slayer players would be able to still be competitive in that scenario, even if they cannot tunnel. It might incentivize more uh, Vostark, mm-hmm. which would be awesome to see, mm-hmm. with uh, the extra mobility. I was very impressed by Vostark. I played against them uh, a month or two ago. And but yeah, I'd have to look at the list and see what armies might be affected that you would not want to affect with that change. But so, it seems so like shifted off the uh, allegiance ability and onto the unit war scrolls or something would be an easy fix to total commitment. Like okay, now Kenrai yeah. can't deep strike. Ooh, you know, like it's not again, it's not something fundamental to the army that you're turning off. It's right. It's a, it's a bonus. It's an extra. Um, yeah. Like whereas even turning off summoning is turning off something fundamental to an army. I I'd ha- I have to assume that. Summoning is balanced into an army somehow, whether their heroes cost a little mm-hmm. bit extra, uh, opportunity costs for what they want to be doing instead. I, I have to assume that. Um, yeah. But uh, sometimes they get get the numbers wrong, but when it gets right down to it, like, f- turning off something fundamental just seems wrong to me. Um, yeah, totally. Um, All right, cool, man. So, yeah, we're in agreement there. So, moving on to my second pick for most favorite. Mm-hmm. I would probably go... So, this would be for today or be my choice of the first round scenario if you have the space for battle for the pass which is the long way deployment and it has the kind of yeah. somewhat funky triangle deployment or you could the older version had the traditional straight across or in this case yeah just going down the middle and you're, you're going at each other that way but longer table uh, deployment more space yeah. 
and it's border war set up. Yeah, the two in the middle yep. and then yep. one in yours, one in your opponent. So yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I played that one a ton. We did that one at our last one dare. That was the one I, we had 27 people show up uh, from all over. And it, it's a, I think it's a really great scenario because of a longer deployment. Gives a little bit of a new element in the traditional border war. The, the, um, with the battle for the pass, it, you have this mm-hmm. like visual, I think it's like a visually dynamic looking deployment too. Like you, you end up with like yeah. classic spearheads and archers in the back. Like you have this really, yeah, like the two armies great. are up on the hill. This is where like, um, I, I actually have this as my, on my honorable mentions. Uh, yeah. I put battle, battle for the pass on there. Like yeah. I want, I would, I would change if we had more deployments like this. I would actually change the setup if it were practical for for tournaments, mm. where you shift mm. the ter- you turn the table sideways and let people walk around them in three dimensions. Yeah. This, yeah. This, <laughs> like this, this one is like one of those ones that's great at home and great in a tournament. The tournament can be mm. a little wonky because you're usually like you're you're up next to somebody initially, but it doesn't take yeah. long for you to start ending up in the middle and then do what I call the blunder. For me, right. <laughs> battle plans are great when the blunder happens. That that whirlpool of motion where you start to see like someone coming around this way. Um, yeah. the, uh, Focal points does that, I think, the best. Um, but battle for the past does that really well too. And yeah, um, absolutely. So that would be my choice if sort of physical constraints are a non-issue. You know, you don't have any constraints, which again, it seems like most tournaments, as you would imagine, do. So outside of that, uh, I'm a big fan of Total Conquest. And the there's, of course, two variations. The prior Total Conquest did have the funky stepladder deployments. Uh-huh. The new one is a lot more straightforward. It's the you know diagonal going from your left uh, bottom of your deployment on the far right to the yeah. middle. So yeah. it's got that, yeah, that, that uh, diagonal line yeah. there. And 24 inches in between the two deployment zones. Four objectives, they're nice and spread out. Uh, you know, playing my silly 30 model Stormcast army, <laughs> I sometimes struggle with this one because it spreads you out quite a bit, at least for low model count armies. Mm-hmm. And it has the scoring element, which is makes, I think, really often interesting back and forth long games. Oh, the, the, there's... Yeah, go on. Yeah. Your point. yeah, for each for each objective the player controls, they score one victory point. But for each objective the player gained control of that turn that was previously controlled by their opponent, they get an additional victory point, so they score two. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah it adds, I think, a really nice element for that. The, usually, this total conquest tends to go pretty long in my game, my, at least my personal games with it. Right. No, uh, so so you went both uh, Battle for the Pass and Total Conquest? So, like, our... uh, Battle for, yeah, as if, if you're not constrained by space, Battle for the Pass. Okay. If you are total conquest. Total conquest. For... All right. All right. All right. Uh, uh, acceptable. I keep total conquest. I, I kept total conquest off my list, but only just barely. Um, yep. This is one of those gamey ones. I uh, mm. j- playing this one at at PAC, which is the last tournament uh, I was at before things. Uh, there was a decision. I was playing against Bone Splitters with my uh, mm. my my filthy Bone Reapers, and I had uh, a rogue idol assault. Uh, assault a block of 20 Mortec guards supported by some archers um, mm-hmm. on on the uh, sort of no man's land objective in the, the bottom left of your screen that you can see there, chat gang. Um, and I had this decision point where, like, I had, what was it? I hadn't controlled it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could have piled into to, like, control it basically when it comes around to my turn because I, I hadn't moved into it yet. Like I, I But I could have mm-hmm. piled around. Uh, so where to deny him 
the objective, but then go on to control it on my turn and then consequently lose it. And I'm like, mm. if I do this, I deny him one point and gain one point, but then I hand him, you know, a differential of points and I'm not coming over here to get it back. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to pile in and take the objective, kill my stuff. Yep. And so I let yep. him just get the one point. Um, mm -hmm. then naturally he has to support the point and then move, sort of move kind of in the L shape across the board and come over and attack me on my strong point. Like, yeah. it, it, it forces interesting decisions. And so I really, yeah, like exactly. I think I that's really cool. I really yeah. like that. I really like that. And I just barely kept it off the list. Um, just, just, yeah. barely. um, and also just, uh, I'll go and say just for reference, I mean, this will give away, but we'll, maybe we'll get into it a little bit later and sort of the overall thoughts on our collective choices of five, but I'm going to say it's probably fine. It, like to me, Total Conquest, Border War, and, and Battle for the Pass. Again, if you have the space that you can do it mm -hmm. at a tournament, all fall into the same category of what I think would make for a fantastic first round game at a tournament. They're similar. All of them have four objectives. Um, they have some unique elements, respectively. So they're kind of in that same category. Yeah, yeah. So I like this is like a two A 2A and a two B basically. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I'm for it. I'm for it. Um, my uh, my number two is just border war. I don't think we need to belabor the point. I still think it's. Yeah. I, I still think it's great. Um, yeah. I I uh, it's just not quite focal points as its greatest crime. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it, paradoxically, I don't think you put both in a pack though. Mm, so that would be my yeah. own. And that that was why I left out border war. Yeah. 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 I thought total conquest is a little more. You know, for the choice dynamics that you just mentioned and yeah where i would differentiate though is i would mm. i would do border wars as a day one round one uh i would mm -hmm. save focal points till day two if that yeah. was like that's like yeah. really the only caveat i have to that is like i border border wars feels like a day one uh focal points feels like a day two yeah 100 percent. yeah i love focal points as the last uh, as the fifth round yeah i think it's perfect for that i, I call the glory actually they no. Yeah, uh, CanCon, called the Glory, mm -hmm. this year they had focal points as their last round. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so then that, that puts us on the worst side of the spectrum. Yeah, so what do you got? Um, I don't like take and hold at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> take and hold basically breaks every one of my rules of design, uh, yeah. except for like weird, wacky deployment. The only way to make take and hold worse is if you had a kill box deployment. Hmm. Um, so we'll go ahead and pull up take and hold real quick for, uh, for those of you in, in chat gang, uh, take and hold two objectives. Uh, they are deep in your enemy territory, but if I'm an attrition army, I look at this and I go, I'm going to play for the minor and I mm -hmm. hate, uh, but it, it, it's not, it, it's not, it doesn't stop there. It makes the stipulation of having to have five or more models to capture at all. So it's mm. unnecessarily punishing, <laughs> like <laughs> unnecessarily punishing elite armies. And I'm like, yeah. you don't need to additionally punish elite armies. Yeah. I, I just don't understand it. So, like, this, on one hand, now that Stonehorns exist, if, if say, like, <laughs> Stonehorns are suddenly, like, just, and I'm saying specifically Stonehorns, not, yeah. not, uh, not Maw Tribes, specifically Stonehorn heavy builds. Um, mm -hmm. If they were the 70% win rate menace, I would suddenly say, okay, take and hold as far, like, that, put it in every pack, so that way they get an auto L at every turn. Mm -hmm. Right. But like, that's not the case. And therefore I despise this one. Uh, mm. It's, it's got a ton of real estate for deployment. Um, but it really is just like kind of just a pissing content contest of a, 
uh, whose dice are better and or whose list is better at the like the front, and it's just a litmus test for that. So I don't really like taking hold. Yeah, yeah. This is the I think the snare that they used in the original AOS book when it came out for the recommended kind of first scenario that you would play to learn the game. Cool. So yeah, it's probably not really designed to, to for a tournament. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, if you're teaching someone, sure. But even then, yeah. like, I don't like, uh, I don't teach a kid to swim by having them lay on their belly on the ground first. I put them in water. <laughs> sure. And so <laughs> no, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. um yeah. so what's your other, your next worst? Yeah, let's see. What did I have here? Okay. Well, well let's get the obvious one out. We, we probably have to talk a lot about it. All right. Everybody knows. All of, right. The, the obvious one is relocation orb. All right. So we'll just, we'll just get that one out of the way. I mean, yeah, it's, it's certainly better. Uh, we're probably not going to say anything new that folks haven't heard elsewhere since the last GH come out. It's better. It's less random. It's still probably too random for your average tournament. You know, it's, it's perfectly... Uh, fun and silly for your casual FLGS play, you know, playing at a local game store or with your buddy at home or whatever. But yeah, it's not not too keen on it. There's also the element. Actually, curious, Matt, your your take on this in general. So of course, relocation orb. If you go first and you control, you score one point. Mm -hmm. If you go second in the rounds and you control, you'll score three points. And I've noticed in a number of games with relocation orb that can make quite a big difference in the in the scoring. I mean, it's kind of kind of obvious, but do you think that that is? I don't think it saves it. Is the like yeah. it's 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 still too random. It does add some levity to the battle plan. Mm. They mitigated the randomness from what it had before. In a sense, you're kind of playing catch with relocation orb. You're you're going. I think it's going to be here. I'm going to move my units to get ready. Um, yeah. But like when it gets right down to it, not enough. You know, it's just it's just not enough. It mm. relocation orb. I'm going to say something that maybe hasn't been said before. I think this mm. is a great casual battle plan. Oh um, yeah, I, I, like if you're playing with a friend on the weekend that you haven't seen in like a uh, like a couple months, he drives down from yeah. Minneapolis. I'm describing by the way a specific incident. Uh, he drives down <laughs> from Minneapolis to hang out with you for a weekend, and you play relocation orb, Silva yeah. Death versus. Legions of Nagash, and he's <laughs> throwing trees around. He can't quite anticipate where he needs them, and I'm just like, bring on the skeletons. It's a blast. Yep. At a yep. tournament, it, it combines the the approachability problem that I, I yep. outlined earlier with kind of a weird deployment. Like, you get your 24 inches, but, like, it's in that weird diagonal is what ends up happening, right? You have to establish the big yep. diagonal, then you have to back it off the, uh, the midline, and so you end up with that extra step. So you're adding these, like, you don't get to do all the things that annoy me in one battle plan. And they, they're starting to right. do all the things that, that annoy me in one battle plan, which is uh, wacky deployment, uh, random, uh, it's light on objectives. Like, it's just doing everything yeah. I don't yeah. like about an objective. And then the the the, the just the random kills it. Um, um, I do love the victory point scoring at the bottom of the round, though. I want to see this mm -hmm. in more... I want to see this in in more, like, stagnant... Not more stagnant, but less random battle plans. Mm -hmm. like, I would love to see that mechanic. Um, do, do you think, so let's say we, what would be an example? Of, well, we've got shifting objectives, mm -hmm. which is three objectives that hits the minimum that we both like mm -hmm. uh, for a number of objectives. And then whichever is the primary objective is three points versus mm -hmm. the other two are one point each. 
do you think that that is uh, good? That that's the as opposed to let's say it's just two points for the the primary and one point for the other two. It's probably an obvious answer. Like I, you know, it's probably think, three is reasonable. I I think shifting would be would probably be the the one of the better areas for it. The other might mm-hmm. actually be though. Uh, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, why am I blanking on this right now? Um, the where you uh, you burn the objectives. It, it, yeah, we've got scorched earth and better part of valor. Scorched earth, scorched earth yep. might actually be a better place for that. If you burn mm. at the rather take out the the D three in scorched earth bothers me. Like yes, I can like see that. You you hit you hit a point where like I've outpositioned my opponent. I've made the uh, the smart trades, and they rolled the three twice, and I rolled the one twice. Like okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that, but if it was like more of a, if the the randomness, quote unquote, was mitigated, you get one if you burn it at the top, three if you burn it at the bottom, something mm-hmm. like that, because mm-hmm. what that's doing is when you burn it at the bottom, you're saying, you know, taking, I'm going to take the hit and burn it at the bottom. So you give your That's what I was saying, yeah. You, you, give, you could also, if you burn immediately, yeah, two turns, you get two. If you hold for three turns, you get three, something like that. Something like that. I, I take the die roll out of out of that one is is my big criticism, but yeah. I think that would be a fun area to something like that. It's taken, uh, yeah, taken hold is the other one, right? Um, take the take the the D three roll out of it and and play with this mechanic in those and see how it feels. Um, yeah, I think that's a good place to see this first. You know, if I go first, I get one point. If I go last, I get I get three because then you're starting right. to really get people thinking about the nature of giving up the double for an advantage on the table, learning to yep. mitigate the double. And I think that that's the double's here to stay. It's one of those things, love it or hate it. I think it makes it age of Sigmar. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's the punch. It's the hype moment. It's the puncher's chance. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's the run back in street fighter when they meet, burn all their meter. It is, it's <laughs> the hype moment. And I think yep. it's pretty cool, but doing stuff t- to play with it is what I want to see more of. And and so I, I want to see this, ported over on the different battle plans um, yeah so cool man yeah Uh-oh. all right so we are on oh yeah did you you already did day one so we're back on most favorite so my well, third you would, did you did relocation orb you uh, one? my third would be uh would be gifts from the heavens uh for or least or most for least favorite on that on that side of the table uh gotcha and uh this is pure anecdotal but uh, it's similar to Relocation Orb, but I have never heard a battle report, whether I won or lost, that has not ended in, and then I rolled the die and it landed where I was and I won. or <laughs> And then I rolled the die and it landed where they was and I lost. I have never mm. heard a battle rep, ever, recapped mm. it any other way. And so I just, I hate gifts from the heavens, uh, but it is the most aptly named battle plan because you win it with your gifts from the heavens. I just... <laughs> I, it's, yeah. but it is on my least favorite uh, side of the scale so yeah uh, and it's only two meteors as opposed to star strike with the three right right it's only then, yep yeah it's just ah my god get, yeah no, get get out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can see that yeah it's a little underwhelming mm-hmm. and my, my main issue is the number of objectives it's just too few right right yeah so now we're back on the good side of things. What do we love? Okay, so yeah, the second one. So second game at a five-round event. Let's see, what do I have here? So I had two lists I was looking at. 
this is one that I would put as the second game or the fourth game, personally. It's Places okay. of Arcane Power. Okay. Which again, wow. Oh, okay. All right. Kind of an obvious one. I see Places of Arcane a fair amount as a two-day choice. Um, seen it a fair, like NashCon, for example, last year, it was the top of day two, so your fourth game. And uh, that was when I lost against Sean Clark because I played like an idiot and Sean didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the, uh, yeah, Place of Arcane. I mean, a lot of to say about it. it, it has the hero requirement. You need, I think, a hero focus scenario in a five round event, five round tournament. Uh, I love the diagonal deployment as opposed mm -hmm. to three places of power, which is the traditional, you know, middle deployment, usual uh, orientation. So it stretches things out a little bit better, I think, uh, particularly with the, the two on the sides. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're pretty close to the, the edges. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great scenario. There's, it can be a little trickier to win it, even if you've got a hero-heavy list. If, for example, you're high drop and you get outdropped and your opponent goes first and bunkers on those objectives, you know, creates layers, creates screens, what make, can make it difficult for you to actually get onto the objectives with your heroes in time enough because you've got to potentially chew through the screens. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's, I think there's a number of, uh, number of elements going on with this that makes it really interesting. Uh, I like this one in the aggregate. Mm. You know, like I like this one in the aggregate. I kind of, uh, I took I, I like I can't put it on my my favorites list or uh, like on my you know best list. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, and that is because and as I kept running back all my games of it and like mm -hmm. how much strategy did I employ? My strategy every single time was put Nagash in the middle and win, uh, and I mm. have every time. And mm -hmm. so it, like it doesn't feel like I've ever played this scenario, quote unquote, correctly. So like I'm like I don't know yeah. like, a good. Um, it, it it does feel like it favors the one drop. And but paradoxically, it, ten, it tends to feel like it favors the one drop go first. Where usually it's like I want to beat you, uh, and then say no, you have it. Um, this one is one of those like I'm just going to jump onto the objectives first and then say go. Yeah, there, there certainly can be some challenges with this from from a matchup standpoint, mm -hmm. similar to Duality of Death in my mind. Like mm -hmm. like we talked about earlier, yeah, where if you go up against Fire Slayers or OBR and they outdrop you and they get on those objectives start scoring and you may not be able to kill them fast enough before you're just outpointed in the game right. and the game's over by round three and yeah so yeah you could potentially run into some of those matchup uh, situations but, but and this comes back to the aggregate and and i mm -hmm. think this is something I, I i would love for the community to embrace a little bit more i think haywo said the funds in the aggregate on, on yeah. his recent videos and I've, yeah, sure. I've started to like completely plagiarize them and say it myself um <laughs> yeah. like if you think of a whole tournament experience, it's okay to drop one L. You know, obviously, like, gunning mm -hmm. for top tables and trying to win it all, fine, man. Like, be competitive as you want. But, like, when yeah. it gets right down to it, like, one... I don't think one matchup against Fire Slayers ruins your weekend. You know, like, mm -hmm. I, you still saw all your friends. You still had, you know, whatever. If it's over quick, then get a beer. Then you get to drink an extra beer that round. Like, I, I think that... So, so I still... I still like Places of Arcane Power in that aggregate. Uh, even yeah. though there's some... There's some wonkiness to some matchups I've found, and again, like my strategy is just put Nagash in the middle and like 
put a spell portal on that portal on that one over there <laughs> um, and then have the rest of my army go fight that one over there like <laughs> so, sure. uh, yeah. even though my my experience on it is the exact same every time <laughs> like, it's, right. it's never different to my strategy never changes um, with, with with how you run the gash do you have the bodyguard component where he uh, can put wounds off of a, a unit in petrifex you don't need Okay. He doesn't yeah. need a bodyguard in Petrifex. You say, here's a thousand points, either you're going to run from it or you're going to fight it, and if you fight right. it, I'm going to teleport him. Um, Again, even with, I mean, so just thinking about this specific scenario of playing against Nagash, mm-hmm. that's one objective. He hangs out on one objective. Right. Like, actually, in the game against Sean, this came up, where Sean had put the, I think it was, yeah, Royal Terrorgeist, um, Ghoul King on Royal Terrorgeist, on a far objective it didn't go in the middle so i just ignored it mm-hmm. the, the entire game and focused on the middle and the the far right my far right right, right. and he and, had to keep him on there because of you know he had a limited number of heroes he needed to continue to score so that one was pretty much out of commission the entire you know it was scoring but it was kind of out of commission and actually being a threat that game right and and that's what I'm, that's why i put nagash in the middle with a spell portal because then he's like reaching out and touching sure still either. doing some work yeah he can put, he right. put that spell portal and, and and keep the threat of hand to dust um but what but, no, uh, but but back to what you're saying no yeah. like it's just one one objective and i think that's another good like teaching point for the category of battle plans for the for the episode of battle plans is right it's it's only one objective and if you if you get that okay you know what i want that objective fine play the rest of the table it makes your decision making easier right yep um the you know i i actually so we were talking about uh take and hold i hate Mm -hmm. take and hold supposed to teach you i teach people on places of arcane power yeah it's it's the one i i that's the one i teach people on it's three objectives uh it teaches you that heroes are important maybe artificially so uh Mm -hmm. depending on what army you're on but it, it it gives you in the classic mentality of chaff screen protect my hero or bubble wrap movement needing to move okay someone's scoring doing math because the math adds up right so like it gets you used to that like the math won't always be linear sometimes you 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 know it's kind of exponential or whatever um and then having to risk assess and go i'm gonna go i need to take this before turn three or i can't win you know like and so i really i like place of arcane power i really it's it's one of my favorites but uh, I just, I kind of kept it off the list because uh, I felt like yeah, I, really I felt cool. like my bias was showing through too much. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Well, we, we can get into that at the end because I definitely still hold to that assumption, which could be mistaken, that a five-round tournament needs to have at least one scenario that is hero-focused, explicitly solely hero-focused. To keep the list now, honest. To help keep the list honest. Yeah. Again, there can be matchup issues that you can run into uh-huh. but i think on the whole that's relatively minimal yeah among the the set of matchups that, yeah. that, that you might see and you know it, it also has cascading effects of still placing value on shooting placing value on yeah and it, yeah in general just for list building it can really impact I what mean- you got to consider this is where you get to have fun with someone like Corgus Cool or or like uh, Scarbrand, right? Like if you can get yeah. to those points early, the guys who don't who are just melee powerhouses that no one fights in <laughs> melee with their heroes, right? They just stand yeah. they just stand there like doing the rock bring it on like with the hand just like gesturing people to throw models at them because that's all they want to do is fight. Like if you happen yeah. to get 
Gotrick on one of those points, right? Like, you, uh, like yeah. that's what those guys want to do. So you even kind of like incentivize like that that diminished role, which is the melee, you know, the melee foot hero. They actually yeah. suddenly feel pretty cool because like now if you get them on that point, uh, yeah. the opponents like just like sweating and they don't want to assault it. Um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and it it plays with like for people who are conservative players like myself, you have to be careful about not being too conservative you know i'm always concerned about uh, threat ranges Mm -hmm. and wanting to minimize the impact that might be coming my way if the opponent because everybody always gets the choice of going first against stormcast so i need to i'm usually in the mindset of okay i've got to minimize them actually choosing to go first because i've left a lot of juicy targets you know but yeah so anyway it gets into that case of you know i i want to potentially give uh, something enticing that I'm willing to throw away to try to encourage my opponent to take first. Uh, but yeah, you, you can get into trouble as I have before if you play too conservatively in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. so uh, plays of arcane power, which brings me to my my uh, third. Where, where did you say you'd see that in your, in your two-day tournament? I would start? do round two or round four. Round two or round four? Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So I'm, gonna, uh, I'm actually going to go, this is the one that I think will surprise everyone, Star Strike. I actually like Star Strike. Okay, so um, we've got the new version is the, the new version less spe- random specifically okay. uh, twenty nineteen okay. Star Strike, and uh, I've already okay. made Greg upset because he hates the new Star Strike. He loved the old <laughs> one better. Um, yeah. I like the new one because it gives the illusion of hey, it's totally wacky and random. So it, I feel yeah. like it it appeases that want that desire for like the randomness, but it kind of it mitigates it really nicely with that first meteor always coming down somewhere in the middle usually it's going to be at the very least the center line of the table and then it's probably going to be at the middle of the of deployment right like that's probably what's going to drop and then those next two are going to come down and they're going to they kind of they make you have to like react and decide you Mm -hmm. can play a little like you can play a little predictive and go on average it's going to drop in that that five to nine zone i'm going to be ready to catch it but like mm-hmm. you can also be like, oh, if I've got this keep back unit, the place I don't want it to drop is over here. I'm gonna get ready yeah. over there. Like you could, I like that it kind of rewards foresight uh, a lot of times more than it punishes yeah. more than it punishes it. Um, yeah. I, I I feel like it, it encourages you to play a KG game, and that's mm-hmm. it. It's still like got a pretty straightforward deployment. Uh, the scoring's straightforward. Like it's 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 got an approachability that random ones don't often have. I like this as a believe it or not uh round one uh okay when all the grudge matches are happening like yeah. this is exactly where i like that um yeah and i yeah, have because i i have inflated the grudge match at, like worth in a tournament uh i haven't this makes it onto my list because as a as a round one day one when everyone's grudging each other i feel like yeah. you might as well just add a little bit of randomness people are already if you're a new tournament player I feel like your nerves get a little bit more at ease when they're random. You know, you're like, oh, like there's nothing I could have done. You know, it, it takes the burden off of having to be critical with yourself so that you can just start playing the game and having fun in round two. Right, right. So, and so, that, so the the prior version is a little too random yeah. for you? Or yeah, any the, other thoughts on that? Yeah, I, it's too random. Um, okay. I, 2019, again, that first one, kind of knowing that it's going to drop in the middle turn one, for the most part, like kind of knowing it's going to be right in that, that sort of mid third of the table going. Okay. And then being able yeah. to build strategies from there. 
uh, what sucks is when you roll box cars and it's like all the way in the corner and you've deployed yeah. in the middle and and now you're like an alpha bunker army. You're just like suddenly like running to get over <laughs> to it like that. But even then, there's a joy in that, you know, because you still got two more to be wary of. They don't drop too late in the game. They don't become yeah. further random once they're down yeah. there. There you and then you just play the game. Um, yeah, to me that is within that acceptable space of randomness mm -hmm. as you said on average they're going to come in the five to nine but it could happen and that's a choice for you to consider in your army building in your deployments in your decision making and yeah if it happens and you're not ready for it uh, you could really be screwed so yeah, yeah I, i'm a big fan of this one as well uh, yeah. particularly the the newer version yeah, I like the new version. I I was not a fan of the old version, um, and I I searched my soul to find one random quote unquote battle plan that I liked. Uh, this mm. is this is the one that I actually like even more than uh, what is it? Shifting objectives. Shifting objectives is fine uh, for the same yeah. reasons we already outlined, but I like Star Trek a little bit more because when I think of it in a tournament context, I go, "This is the one I want to play day one when I'm grudging my buddy," you know, like or or someone I've yeah. played before. And I, and I love the scoring on this one. It's some of my favorite uh, scoring orientation where the number of victory points are equal to the battle round per meteor. So if you hold all three at round battle round five, mm -hmm. you'll score 15 points. And that is a way on average can incentivize, uh, promote longer games. And I think anything that promotes long games, you know, where things are really, and you got to think longer than average in your decision-making, you know, incentivizing, maybe be a little more conservative early, play for round four and five. Uh, yeah. I love all those elements. Yeah, the, the KG play is really what I, I enjoy. Um, yeah. So that, that puts us on the bad, the worst side. Uh, so this should be pick number four. Um, okay. what's, the, what's the fourth worst in all of ABCMR? <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily the fourth worst. I haven't been tracking as much on the worst side, but okay. Let's get into a little bit on Knife to the Heart. Oh, yeah. You, okay. you want to do that now, or we can wait? I, I think we'll wait on Knife to the Heart because we both okay, got we'll it on our list. We, we started with one we have on both our lists. Let's end on one we have both. Okay, so we'll wait on that. So, Duality of Death. Okay. Uh, Duality. When the new GH came out in 2019, I don't know if it was a majority take on Duality of Death, that it was great and very relevant for being among the scenarios you would choose for a tournament. I generally got that impression that a lot of folks thought this is a solid scenario to play at an event. And that's tapered off more as the, the months have, have ticked over. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's still uh, views out there that it's a very good scenario. I'd love for you to maybe argue on I don't see it. I didn't see it when it came out. I still don't see it at all. Yeah, like again, to me, this is almost the height of the alpha bunker issue hmm. that can lead to non-player experiences. You know, if you go up and and there are a number of armies that uh, are very strong, have been strong in the meta for some time, that can get on those objectives, and you can't shift them. Uh, but then again, I, I tend to be playing a very high drop army that never gets the choice to go first, so that could be part of my bias. Could be. Um, see, unfortunately, Duality of Death is on my list as my fourth uh, most hated one, so I can't convince you otherwise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I can add to why it's the worst, which is the kill box deployments. Uh, mm. They're terrible. Um, mm. They they pointlessly punish like certain armies, and like and not others. So like you know, in, in what, yeah, what ways? Death, 
Death Stars, for instance. Any, like, mm -hmm. Death Star army or, like, some concentrated force where you're forced to now, like, move your stuff out. Um, basically, you're forced to split your forces into, like, uh, like suboptimal deployments. Gotcha. Like, I, I feel, like, Corn. congratulations. Like, I forced you to two <laughs> separate kill boxes. Enjoy this. Like, uh, you know, now you have to choose. Like, it's fine to, like, have to choose, like, am I going to have a strong side, weak side? But I feel mm -hmm. like it's it, it ends up so tight on some of these armies that you're forced to have two suboptimal sides. Like you don't get a, a strong side or a weak side. You just get like so, two mushy yeah. sides. Um, One thing I'm hearing in that is that's not that's not necessarily universal. That there are a number of armies that could still go uh, strong on two yeah. fronts, and there are some armies, uh, mini army builds that you can break. So it's usually strong side, weak side. I think is what ends up happening for the average yeah. army. Um, mm. Some armies like Fire Slayers go. I have two strong sides. Come at me. Sure. Petrifex Lee is going to say that. Daughters of Cain is going to have one strong side, but it's going to like just run up the table, take the objective, turn left, and just like you know, like <laughs> turn left at the corner and just like run across yeah. and murder you on the on the other side of the table. Uh, but sure. but like but like there is the corn really pops into my mind is that army that's just like kind of punished. Gets is another army that I feel is like punished by this deployment. Mm -hmm. um, so like this this is a deployment that I feel is suboptimal. But then it's it's below our our, our floor. It's mm. two objectives. It's two objectives that that exacerbate the issues of like being good drops, having good yeah. drops at a good hero, having a teleport, like you know all these things that like not everybody has. That if you right. have them, you're just like this is the I'm the best ever. Like I just get to win this. Yeah, totally. I don't. Yeah. Plus, I feel like it 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 encourages that, like you said earlier. Uh, but I'd love to underline a second time here is like the mm. alpha bunker thing. Like mm -hmm. I'm this this is kind of like knife to the heart when I look at this for like certain armies. I go, okay, cool. I'm gonna play for the minor. You're never gonna kill my stuff. I'm gonna put my hero right here in the middle and just wave after wave of pointless battle idiots between you and the mm -hmm. objective. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. Like I don't, yeah. I don't like that. Um, this is, um, I I get what they were trying to do, adding battle line to it. I don't think made it better. Any thoughts on what might be ways to improve this? Or does it need almost a wholesale rewrite? I mean, of course, the prior duality was just hero, but it still had the two objectives, I mean, and it was generally maybe, not, not a favorite. So so what if this becomes, like, uh, what if we add randomness to it? Like, mm -hmm. what if it's shifting objectives now? Like, what if the, mm -hmm. the, the objective can bounce to either side? Improving the deployment, probably. I, I don't know why there's a no-man's land in the middle. You know, mm -hmm. that 24-inch space at the middle, you can't deploy your army. Just take that out. There's no reason for that to be there. Forcing yeah. me into two kill boxes so that the person who goes first can just AoE the crap out my army in one corner and it's gone. And now I play the game with half my army for the rest of it. Like, it just exacerbates these certain issues. Zinch is mm -hmm. going to lick its Zinch KO. Armies like that are going to, like, lick their chops when they see me deployed in that kill box a certain way. <laughs> They're just going to... Um, yeah. I... Uh, Easing up on the uh, on the killbox uh, deployment, I think would be would be decent. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it's two now instead of one, so that was an improvement. But honestly, just just fill in the gray there with a deployment. Let me deploy across the whole line. That way, mm -hmm. I can at least faint on which objective I'm going for. You know, sure. my de your decisions are, are telegraphed for the most part as well. I have a strong yeah. side and a weak side. You're gonna deploy against. I put Nagash down here. You're gonna deploy everything in that corner over there. Like it's yep. obvious what I'm gonna try to do, right? Like. Or, by, or or you're going to deploy everything to try to kill Nagash on that side. And then I'm going to go, ha-ha, mm. got you. Everything goes on this side for me. So I, I, right. it's a little cagey, but when it gets right down to it, I feel like it's too telegraphed of a deployment. I, I, the mm. first thing I would do is just is just alleviate the kill box. Um, 
entirely. Uh, mm -hmm. Hell, you could you could force me to do a backline deployment, shrink shrink it to six inches, and just have it the whole backline of my table instead. Mm. Yeah, you know, That's interesting. if if you really want to keep that like tight, like uh, sort of claustrophobic deployment for me then mm -hmm. shrink me back but let me be able to get my pieces next to each other so make it the maybe make it a diagonal deployment just something to alleviate yeah. the, the two kill boxes i just don't i don't think they're good what about yeah i don't know i was going to say three places of power with the battle line or hero qualification maintained but just adding another objective i mean that's really what you do is you add a third objective to this <coughs> i mean that's really what you do is you put an objective in the middle um as well or, mm. I, I mean, I, that, that's probably the, as is, you just put an objective in the middle, give a third objective. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably the simplest fix. You don't have yeah. to do a ton of stuff with it, just one one change. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think it would still have some challenges. It would so by adding a third. Yeah, that would, that would definitely be a leg up. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Uh, so that was uh, your go, or yep. your favorite. Or are, no, uh, so now we're back to the, now we're back to the good side because I agreed with you on morality okay. of death. Um, awesome. So uh, I'll just go ahead and uh, continue talking. Uh, I'm going to say better part of valor. Um, okay. I really enjoy, I really enjoy better part of valor. I'll go ahead and pull it up real quick. Yep. Um, yeah. Which one? Uh, Eighteen or nineteen? I was thinking nineteen. Nineteen. Let's see. That one cleaned up. The issue that they had originally with Better Part of Valor on round one, and mm -hmm. now you can only burn starting round two. Right. So that, so, that helps a lot. So this is the this is the tolerable zone of risk reward for me. Whereas mm -hmm. uh, I hate Scorched Earth a little. Like I don't hate Scorched Earth. I just don't like the D three the the one D three. I I just don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I feel this this cleans it up by having you make a calculated decision on which turn am I going to burn it on. Now, this violates my own rule of approachability. I don't think this one's very mm. approachable for new players. No. Um, no. <laughs> but, but that's where I move this into day two. Um, uh -huh. So, uh, like, around... I think round four is round already... Four. The, yeah, round four is already kind of the make-or-break moment for a lot of people. Um, yeah. This is going to be a... You're, you're really... You're, this is, this is a, the risk-reward battle plan, sort of, on, mm -hmm. on the day two. You're, you're going... How long am I going to keep back units here? Six objectives is like just about the right amount to stretch the the uh, the Death Star armies really thin and like yes. have them make a real hard decision early. Uh, mm -hmm. And it just you know like it might be a chaos army just like laughs at this battle plan, whereas my Petrifex elite just kind of goes oh, okay, Ugh. you know I'm just like sweating. <laughs> Yeah, um, right. <laughs> like I'm just sweating at deployment for this one, um, but it's it's uh, it is long wise. You're deploying, you know, sort of the you're turning the table sideways when you deploy on this one, so it's a little weird. Um, but it's just that, like I said, it's that at that that top of the to the tolerance zone for me of burning mm -hmm. objectives. They're not random; it's calculated. I go how many turns, then I burn it. Uh, I I this is one of those ones that I feel like it kind of separates the gamers, you know, like you just, yeah. and I don't think yeah. that there's anything wrong with that provided. It doesn't just say you're not allowed to play the game. You're allowed to right. play the game here. And it's just going to separate that day two sort of pack a little bit more. Right. So what are your thoughts on the main risk that I see with this one, seen with this one is 
the, of course, potential to burn all of the objectives. You're not limited on the objectives that you can burn as long as you're controlling them. So you can get into situations where you could have a list that's designed to go aggressive early mm -hmm. and really get on your opponent's objectives. And you've also got enough to hold down the fort on two, if not all three of your own. Mm -hmm. So then because you got the turn, turn order, maybe you gave up first and you then go bottom of one and then you get top of two. Mm -hmm. You got that early double. And then by that point, you have been able to uh, take your opponent off of two of their three, let's say, and you've been able to hold on all three of yours, and then boom, you know, you burn uh, all five at that point. You know, so you can, I think old, you can. Old uh, Slanesh was capable of this, but which army is doing these gymnastics right now? <sighs> yeah, that's a good question. So, like, that's that's so much board control. Like, you're basically threatening. You're relying on a getting the the right double. And right. Then I think potentially deep deep can deep can okay okay potentially you know they you're I mean it it is reliant on again it can get in those matchups where if I let's say you're playing deep can and you don't have an army that is as capable of getting on two of your opponent's objectives early you know rapidly getting on them. So to threaten them early, whereas the Deacon player, of course, is able to immediately start threatening you. And so there could be some asymmetry there mm -hmm. in terms of mobility that impacts the, yeah, the potential burning early yeah. scenarios yeah. here. Um, the, uh, is this one of the ones that you have to, you can tag and run away and then burn later? I believe you can. Because that, yeah. that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest problem with this one is you can tag run. So you don't even need to that's necessarily That's a good be, point. You don't necessarily, yeah. so like I deploy against your weak side in the top left corner of the map. I run across the table, kill you, and then I turn right and I start running down the side of the table, right? I that's a great point, man. I never thought about that. Yeah, you're right. That's, that, that, that would help. That's the glaring issue is yeah. I think you need to force people to stay on the objectives. The other one would be if we play with that top of the round, bottom of the round thing. And I, yeah. I, like, um, I like it at a, at a tournament, um, but I still mm -hmm. think there's room for improvement in a GHB 2020. Those are, those mm -hmm. are some of the changes I, I, I would love mm -hmm. to see considered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, a flush it courts. Thanks uh, for the assist razor tree. <laughs> Shout out to chat game. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe Effect could still be pretty good at, at playing for that turn order. They can still do a low drop. Uh, War Clans are quite fast. You've got Zinch that could potentially do that. I don't know. Zinch might struggle. I think Zinch might struggle with six objectives, depending on the build that it is. You know, they're, I, sometimes I think well, the Zinch I mean, hype is a little overblown. I, I kind of agree. Uh, I think that <laughs> this, is, this does favor, favor summons and teleports, but which battle plan doesn't? <laughs> you right. know, like, right. uh, uh, you know, speed kills. Uh, but I do think that there's, mm. there's a... I like this battle plan if I can, despite its flaws, for one simple reason, this battle plan is a puzzle. And yeah. I like that it is a puzzle to currently be solving. Um, mm -hmm. I know my deployment. I've got three objectives. I'm going to put my stuff down and I'm going to try to attack attack strong side weak side you know i'm gonna i know how i'm gonna deploy my army based on what my army is when i play this one whether it's my beast right. chaos my lon my obr or anything in between um but so as the we... game evolves against my opponent a puzzle presents itself and i really enjoy that aspect. Yeah. that's that's really what i yeah. like about this one and that's yeah. it's got some problems but that's that's it uh, you had a question in there though 
Yeah, no, I do think this is, for my money, the the highest return on generalship on on good decision making. Yeah. Um, of of any of the scenarios. Uh, yeah. What I was going to ask is if we had, if we remove, if you make, what change would you make to the D3 on Scorched Earth? And if you make that change, would you favor that over a better part of Valor? That's a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like playing with the turn order for burning objectives. I really do. Because you you already kind of were messing around with the problem where like this, this army that can, you know, go for that, that one, two, that one, two double, right? That, yeah. that those armies that are really playing for the double. So they're playing for a coin flip and like mm -hmm. leaning into a coin flip. And that's sort of the strategy they're banking on anything mm -hmm. to mitigate that in the burn your objectives, uh, category, I think is a good change. Um, if you change the scoring in, mm -hmm. in, uh, in Scorched Earth to be top of, bottom of, I think I like Scorched Earth way better than Better Part of Valor. Better Part of, provided Better Part of Valor maintains its current scoring, uh, like, I think I suddenly like Scorched Earth more. So, if, so you cannot, so if, so Scorched Earth, you cannot burn your own objectives, but you can burn your opponent, and if you go top of one, and you decide to burn your, one of your opponents, you're going to get one, but if you go bottom of one, you go second and you decide to burn one of your opponents you get two points yeah okay because i feel like what you're doing there is you're opening yourself up to get alpha and saying i can kind of take this or i've got a i've got a plan like right right and then you're going to try to go and then and then get across the table and burn and your opponent's aware of that and i think it becomes this little like this little poker game of like two generals like kind of staring down each other wondering who's going to go for the throat first and then once yeah. you do chaos is going to un unwind because like not right. and i think that that and furthermore, as the game continues, now you're going to be looking at that, like, that 3-4 double, right? Or maybe the 4-5 mm -hmm. if you end up, like, equalizing and pushing. Like, I think that that really becomes an interesting... Uh, I mean, we're we're violating my approachability rule, but, like, honestly, approachability, <laughs> the guy's going to see three or four objectives that can be burned for, like, yeah. the average casual. And they're just like, run, burn them! Like, they're, just, they're, gonna, they're already having fun. There's eight, there's eight <laughs> objectives on the table. They get to burn half of them. They get to run across and burn them. Like, yeah. Um, that being said, I really do enjoy the fact that like you're incentivized to play offense or defense on, on better part of Valor. I really mm -hmm. do like that you're like holding my stuff and then flipping it at the end is 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 good is a good strategy. Yeah. So no, I've I've talked myself out of wanting the other scorched earth and coming back to better part of Valor. I still like this better. I still like better part of Valor okay. more. I, and then do you see much of a gap between what you just described with the change to scorched earth versus? having the two points just be across the board. Mm. So that is, regardless of whether you go first or second, starting from the second battle round, if you burn it's two points. one of your opponents, it's two points. That's fine. I think that would be fine, too. I, I mean, mm -hmm. either or. I, I think that's fine. I like the idea of playing with turn order, but that's kind of like my, my pet project right now. Um, yeah. If it's just consistent, you get two when you burn the point, and mm -hmm. I think that makes Scorched Earth better as well. Just, it's mm -hmm. two points. Like, that makes it better, period. Eight objectives, sure. Honestly, yeah. Um, eight objectives mm -hmm. is uncomfortable for most armies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's uncomfortable for most armies, so you have to make trades and decisions. Um, yeah. But don't punish me for making the right decision and then rolling a one. That's such a feels bad. 
Um, I haven't thought enough about it. That's certainly not on my list of most favorite or least favorite, the yeah. eight object portrait, the latest. It's one I haven't thought a whole lot about to what degree that is outside the boundaries of what's acceptable for the variety of army types, faction types. Yeah. That is, yeah, like OBR fire slayers. Is that pushing it too much against them? Are you pushing too far against that type of army? I don't mind taking the auto loss or having to play KG. Like, I, <laughs> I don't. Like, I just, I'm not, yeah. like, a loss isn't the worst thing in Age of Sigmar. Um, yeah. I played, I bear, uh, I lost, like, kind of barely uh, mm. against uh, Caleb Ron, Dar Daughters of Cain of all things, uh, mm. uh, on on uh, on that, on Scorched mm -hmm. Earth, as the filthy Petrifex elite player. And I didn't feel bad. Like, I didn't feel like I wasn't playing the game, you know? And that's, yeah. and that's the big, like I had to be aware of defense, wait for my opponent to try to like make their move and then counter. Because if mm -hmm. I run across the table, then he just like teleports onto my back. Ah, birds the ball and I'm, and I'm lost. Right, so I had to like right. position correctly, get into a position to win, to even begin like moving on the table. But like, I, it was again, uncomfortable is, is, is good. Like, yeah. Un uncomfortable is 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 fine that means i have a puzzle to solve and i'm playing the game and i'm thinking i don't yeah. mind being uncomfortable with the battle plan um mm -hmm. you know in terms of like objectives and being spread out on the table like i don't mind that personally even though i tend to right. play pretty concentrated armies um mm. you know even my lon army had two power centers you know and i had a hundred models on the table and, and i'm still only covering two spots you know right. um, <laughs> it's it's uh it, like I, I don't mind that but I do think Scorched Earth gets more palatable. Um, right now, it's mm. kind of in the middle. It's not the best. It's not the worst. I like. I don't mind seeing it in packs. I enjoy playing it. Um, mm -hmm. I'll play it with my friends any day of the week uh, at home. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'd love to see it B two instead of three at the very, or uh, instead of a D three at the very least. Um, yeah. Better part of Valor. The one change I'd love to see is the the tag and burn. I don't think you should be able to tag and run. Uh, That's a good idea. Yeah. I, I love that you can that you you can play. Uh, I'm not as adamant against uh, bunker armies as as you and Vince are. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's fine that if you want to play a defensive style army, you know, uh, fine, whatever. Uh, but like, you shouldn't be able to be the defensive army and then at the like later on in the game, like, oh, he's abandoned his objective in the top right corner. Ugh, you just run your defense off the point. No, you have right. to stay there. You like, you have right. to stay there if you're playing defense, and that that's my only caveat. Again, in our defense, two qualifications. It's not necessarily well. I, I speaking of myself, it's not necessarily. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> it's not necessarily just the defense. It's both defense and offense right, in one pack. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And, and it's scenarios that create a greater likelihood of defense dominating. Yeah, you know, more of those matchups. Right, right. Those rock, paper, scissor matchups yeah. that are pretty non-interactive. Right. And I think with better part of Valor, since it's three objectives I have to cover now, if I'm playing defensive and you come to me right. and then my offensive unit just murders you anyway... You're just going to go, you know what, I'm not going to go to that point he's defending over there. I'm going to go to the one with the 20 more tech guard instead of the, the 40, right? Like, you're going to make exactly. those decisions. So that's not such a bad yeah. thing when you have something like Better Part of Valor, where it's a nightmare is like duality of death. It, you yes, have exactly. no choice. <laughs> I've got yes. a bone shaper sitting behind 60 skeletons. Like, you're right. not winning this in, yes. any, in any scenario. Uh, yeah. You don't have the kill power. And even yeah. if you snipe off my hero... Like, I've got buffer zones of bodies where you're just not getting to that point anyway. And now right. I just have to send 140 block at your dudes or catapult off your dude on the other side of the table. And, like, 
GG easy and I just like dust my hands like played so hard like not even like rolling dice I'm just like like sitting back leaning in a freaking uh, recliner while I like play that game yeah yeah 100% <laughs> um, so uh uh, so that was my, my fourth was better part of Valor. Um, cool. did you get a fourth end for your, uh, let's see, I think I'm up. All right. What do we got here? Well, I'm going to cheat and <laughs> it's actually appropriate, uh, cheat a little bit here. It's actually similar. Uh, I was close to choosing better part of Valor, mm -hmm. but because of the, the general ship of our adventure, mm -hmm. uh, pushed me a little against doing it. Although yeah. I love your, I love your now that I'm a little of of your perspective, like you said, it can make for a great fourth round. Um, I I don't have I'd like to get a better sense of what is the scale of challenge or issue with this potential of armies going aggressive, being able to get on top of someone, and then them not being able to do enough to threaten their opponent's objectives, and then, you know, they burn early, and that's a wrap. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't thought enough or got enough experience to know how much of a, an issue that really is. But anyway, I was going to get at is you uh, tipped it off early in this conversation. I love Scorched Earth, but it has a fundamental flaw, and that's the, the D3, yeah. at least in terms of if you don't like that randomness. So, yeah, I was, I was going to cheat and say Scorched Earth, <laughs> but just f fix it with, with that particular issue. Yeah, fantastic scenario so we just 4a 4b each other this time so I get, like, <laughs> yes. yeah yeah yeah, yeah we already yeah. had the discussion of i mean a lot of why i like better part of valor i like scorched earth too you know like yeah. uh i eight feels i i i hate to say, put the ceiling at eight you know our floor is clearly three objectives i think we, we were in agreement yeah. there i i yeah. hate to put the ceiling at eight because i'm like well what would nine look like you know like i have that yeah. curiosity in my mind or i'd be interested to see what you do with nine maybe you put a center point on something like scorched earth and like yeah have at it. whatever you know uh center yeah. point can't be burned uh anyone can control the center point and it's always yeah. worth you know you know it's always worth two points or something like ah, you, know, there's, you know you can yeah. so, so like i'm not willing to say like the ceiling is eight objectives but eight objectives is yeah. getting uncomfortable for every army i play except for yeah. music chaos um. <laughs> yeah. Um. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's some armies that love to, yeah, and but they can still do a fair amount of bodies and yeah, yeah. good mobility. Yeah, yeah. BOC does that. Yeah, B like BOC doesn't care. Um, yeah. they they yeah. they scoff at your eight objectives. They say add two more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. So so like scorched earth. Like I'm almost a buyer on the D three. Just keeps it off my list. You know, yeah. And that, that at the end of the day, that's that's what it it is. But. Yeah, and again, like in my mind, that, that would be another opportunity for a, a very concise, well-designed little pack that you try to build some buy-in with other TOs or, you know, just a, a, a good number of people in the community who have experience playing tournaments and they can come together and say, you know, we think these are good ideas. And one thing that we think is a good idea would be this modification to consider playing with Scorched Earth. If you want to reduce the random, you know, you don't have to do it, but if you want to reduce the randomness a little bit, we think this would be a good idea. Yeah, for the our little like TO aid pack or whatever it is. You yeah. Know, help out. Yeah, that, that'd be a good caveat. Better part of Valor putting in there, like, don't let people tag and run. Like, they have yeah. to stay on the objective. Because that that helps mitigate the offense. Best unit is the offense and defense. You know, like, that, that helps mitigate that too. You have to pick one. You have to stay or you have to run. Like, you can't do both. Yeah, well, especially when you're scoring, if your opponent goes first, top of one 
and you've got models on all three of your objectives, well, congratulations, you just took control top of one, and now you can move away in your movement phase bottom of one. Mm-hmm. Well, that, so, that's, yeah. that's the other, actually, that, that's a, that just kind of kisses on another subject I'd like to see explored in battle plans. I know this isn't necessarily the right place for it, but mm. playing, rather than scoring at the bottom of the round, the bottom of the turn, I mean, a battle plan that does something like that might be interesting. So you say, score, that, say that again. Scoring yeah. at the bottom of your turn, as opposed to the bottom of the uh, bottom of the round. Scoring at the bottom. Or, of... Or shifting, shifting when you score in the phase, like shifting it out of phase. You know, so you sc- oh. score, score in the movement phase or hero phase, like oh, shifting okay. it, shifting that scoring out of phase. I think would be interesting design space to explore. Um, yeah, 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 I could see that. That could be cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, and definitely on the battle round, uh, Chain Colossus. Has yeah. that with line sorcery, which actually I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, match yeah. play scenario. Yeah, yeah. you scored the, at the end of the battle round. Right, right. I think that'd be kind of cool. So like, it, it kind of softens that like you're instead of the turn you're at the, at the bottom of the round, and so now you have to like kind of both turns are mitigated measured in your decision making on the table. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. But okay. uh, so then, uh, so back then, to you. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and, and jump ahead to uh, 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 best, uh, my yeah. last best one, my number one best, and then we'll uh-huh. jump over to, to worst real quick because this is a bit of a, a one-two punch. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, so the fifth best one I think is Knife to the Heart. Okay. And the fifth worst one I think is Knife to the Heart. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I... I I said it's the best, and so I'm going to say why I think it's the best um, first. This sounds like a perfect summation of the communal expression on Knife to the Heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's, it's and both. I, I like Knife to the Heart exactly round three. Mm. Um, for a similar reason why I want to see better pa- part of Valor at four, uh, the round three is one of, I think, one of the uh, uh, most stressful rounds in, in the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. it, like, three and four tend to be pretty stressful. Um, for, for me anyway, uh, mm. I think if you put knife to the heart at three, what happens is like, so if you're on two wins going in there or you're on, you know, you know, one win, one loss and you go into three, three, three is kind of becomes a make or break. How hard, how serious am I taking day two moment? Sure. Like yeah. when you put knife to the heart at three, um, a minor victory, if you're playing to quote unquote win it all, um, a minor victory probably isn't going to cut it on day one. It's going to cut it, right. So you have to play to win. You yeah. can't just play for the minor. Um, you, you have to play to win that. That Day three becomes a, I'm playing for the major or bust. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with that, that alleviates some tournament pressure in the, mm-hmm. uh, in that, in that scenario, in that, that sort of situation. Uh, going, my army is, oh, I can alpha bunker this, no problem. Like I'll play for the minor, whatever. Throw your yeah. throw your ceaseless waves against my awesome dudes, and I will crush them endlessly. Um, but but when you have to win it, you have to stick your neck out. It becomes a fun yeah. objective, uh, or it becomes yeah. a fun fun scenario for me. Um, right. The flip side of that is is when you don't have to win it, it's just a slap fight of a of a matchup. Yeah. So. No, that's a pretty good case for it. Okay, and then any other? I'm sorry. The least favorite. The least favorite. Then it's it's the other thresholds of you know it's two objectives. So I'm yep. I'm I have to fight you. 
Um, I think it, it knife to heart is like, is one of those, it's IDKs to lose. Like it, it mm-hmm. just, it's so weighted for like particular armies. Sometimes it feels like, uh, fire mm-hmm. size would be another one where you're just like, you know, laugh and fire slayer type moment, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, like what are you going to do? Good luck. Uh, yeah. um, Petrifex elite. It's easy to, it's easy to minor that one. It's a little bit harder to win it. Uh, people mm-hmm. can usually, you don't fly, uh, you don't have any deployment tricks, so people can often speed bump you well enough long right. enough to like where you're just going to get the minor. Um, right. So, so like it's, it, it's just, it, on the, it's just such a weird, hard to win, uh, like the major kind of, but it also, on the yeah. other hand, it really incentivizes, incentivizes you to really go for the win. Um, yeah. if, if it's in the correct context of the tournament, which is like I say, right at round three, where you go, how hard am I trying tomorrow? And I think that that, right. that puts it as an that that really redeems some of those other qualities because it does have some cool. It, it does have like that. I like that it's it's a it's over win. I like that like because that means your mm. fast games are really fast on you know at the end of the tournament. You've been playing two rounds already. You've been there all day, yeah. and you go, if I go really hard, I can win this now. Right. Or unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. You know, I was gonna say I do like your idea. I never heard of it being round three. I usually hear it as a round one or round five. I like that idea of round three. You know, you're getting longer in the day, you might be tired, grumpier. It could be an opportunity, yeah, like you said, to make up your mind. Am I gonna why what am I planning to try and do game around uh, day two? Yeah. Am I playing for five O or just so yeah, you can yeah, I think that's really interesting for round three. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it at round three. I, I when I when it's round three, I just go, All right. Like this is I, I have a decision to make round three. When mm. I see it in a pack at, right at round three. When I see it anywhere else, I'm just like All right. Minor win incoming, you know, like or whatever. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um It makes me uncomfortable, but I have to submit to that point. <laughs> Razor Tree says in chat. <laughs> yeah, so okay, here's my pushback. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so your first point was that it's, or my interpretation of first point was that this is a good one round three because it's difficult to win. And you, as you said, you have to make the decision. Am I going to play for minor or am I going to go for glory here? Right. And I, I do like that as well. I think that's really cool principle, but I think there's a scenario that you can do that with on average. Um, similarly that makes for more sort of a more often better play experiences than knife to the heart will mm-hmm. and that scenario is blood and glory and that's my final favorite most favorite scenario so this is, so this blood is the 4.1 right the 4.1 yeah, yeah that has traditional deployment four points in the center of each of the four quadrants and you know traditional border war type deployment uh 12 inches uh up 24 inches between us Starting from, I believe, the third battle round, I'll check that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one player immediately all. wins a major victory, yeah, if they have all. But if neither player has gotten all at any time from the third battle round on, it then goes down to whoever has the most will get a minor, and if you have an even number, you get a draw. It's pretty difficult, in my experience, at least personally, playing Blood and Glory a ton over the past four-plus years to get all four of those objectives. Now, you can get into situations where, again, you can you try to use the t- turn order for your advantage. So one thing I would do as a Sylvaneth player would be 
you know, on the one drop <laughs> previously. So Sylvanev would always, almost always, uh, well, I'd say that uh, you would also, uh, you might in that case go, I would sometimes give up the first turn to play for that double or generally try to optimize uh, getting the double going into to round three. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you can potentially set it up to, yeah, have a couple of turns to get all four of those. But even with that, personally, I found it to be pretty difficult often. My pushback on Blood and Glory um, mm-hmm. is it's got two minor uh, conditions, and mm. the vast majority, of, I don't feel it's got that gear like Knife of the Heart does, where you're like, mm. I'm going to make the big decision to try to win it. Blood and Glory feels like it's got the, I've got a decision to try to win it, but then it's just like, okay, it didn't work out minor. Like, it just, that's mm. so many of my reads and oftentimes my experiences with, with Blood and Glory is it's, it doesn't, like, it's got that gamey quality you're talking about. You're thinking mm-hmm. about the turn order and stuff. But so often it's like, it's just it, the coverage for all four objectives to completely control tons of armies just don't have that real estate. You know, yeah, it's really difficult. It's yeah, it's really, really difficult, and so it ends up ha- maybe Blood and Glory. If it's three objectives, I think now mm. we're now we're now we're kind of talking. Mm. But but even then, I feel like you can't put the three objectives in the appropriate spots because you want those them to be back. Mm. So like, I don't know how you would set up that deployment to have the like you go you put one in the middle there. Uh, I mean, I, I. But Blood and Glory, the main thing is like this one. Blood and Glory reads even more the minor victory one than uh, it's the double minor victory one over Knife to the Heart. <laughs> so, so my interpretation, what you're saying there is that you think on average, again, if someone isn't just playing casually and doesn't really, care, mm. but if, if they're actually going for five zero, you think that more players with that mindset are incentivized to play for the minor as opposed to knife to the heart where they're they we would be more likely to see them go after the major i mean if you're in if you're in five and O mode you're going for the major in both scenarios like right um um, i mean you're going for the major every time if you're if you're Mm -hmm. there to win it all um i think this is this is more approaching those like that sort of like that like i'm going for best in faction I'm not going for mm. I know I can't beat the best player in the whole in the whole tournament here if I play them sure. tomorrow. But I could probably mm. like I might have a I might have a run at best death, best order, best et cetera, et cetera. Right. Am I going to try that hard? You know, for it. Right. Like, I, I like I and I don't want to like, you know, be rewarding people who aren't there to win it all. But I like you, this game is so robust in how many people go to a tournament. Um, yeah. For how many different reasons? I have. My, personally, I have those moments where I walk into the tournament. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm, I can win that. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm like, but do mm. I want to? Do I want to have one right. more beer? Like, and then like having the objectives kind of help fill in my narrative for the week, or having the battle plans fill in my narrative for the weekend, is yeah. as important in a pack to me as what army I choose to go for the weekend. Am I going to bring just you know five stone horns instead of a real army with all the bodies? Or you know, what right. am I going to do this weekend? Um, yeah. I, I feel like Blood and Glory just tends to be, even if you are, you know, like one of the best players going to win it all, I still think that mm-hmm. that, that propensity for ending up with the minor on Blood and Glory is higher mm-hmm. than it is for Knife to the Heart. So mm-hmm. I, I just feel like it's kind of got like two sort of no-win scenario, Two half, like a no-win scenarios versus like the one half no-win scenario of like Knife to the Heart. 
Okay, I mean, that's I, I, mean yeah. I can out, I can outplay you on the table and capture three objectives and not and we go to a minor anyway. Like I, that yeah. feels crummy to me. That feels crummy. I I, yeah. I think that's at the end of it. It's the feels bad of like I outplayed you. I got three objectives and it was just a minor. I could yeah. have sat on two objectives and got the minor as well. Like that. Like I, that's I, probably I, yeah. I want to think about my the times that I, I mean, I've played this scenario a lot and it does tend to come down to. A minor, yeah, with someone having three and one person having one, it can be really difficult to get that fourth one, um, especially if you don't have a. Anyway, yeah, anyway, in general, very difficult to get it. So, yeah, I might be coming around on your perspective on this. Uh, what I like, I have liked about it is, it's more interesting. <laughs> I, I find it a lot more interesting. Right. Yeah. I mean, personally, with the four objectives and and so on, other than knife to heart, it's pretty damn straightforward. And I mean, I, I do, I do like the, I take the point of you have a decision to make, am I going to go after it or am I not? Yeah. But if you have someone who's not going to go after it, they can lead to fairly boring, uneventful games. Whereas with four objectives, I guess it seems you're more incentivized to at least think that you have an opportunity to yeah. go after it, yeah. to, to, to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't particularly disagree. I just feel like in the end result, it often feels like I, I actually went for it, and, like, it's still a minor. And both of them <laughs> do minor. that, but, like, this one has that feels bad of, like, but I have more objectives, you know? Right. At least in Knife to the Heart, it's like, okay, we both have the same amount of objectives. Like, yeah. you know, like, it, like it, that feels a little bit more equal, and then it comes down to, well, how much did I murder? And that's that's kind of the associated, whether you get a minor, or uh, whether you win the minor or not, It's yeah. it comes down to kill points kind of anyway. Right, like that's yeah, that's, that's most... and that's kind of that is that is interesting. And again, that notable decision. I mean, yeah. that was yeah. my last game against Fire Slayers at Nashcon. Yeah, it came down to kill points because he came after me uh, going for the major. I withstood him, and then I had to make a calculus: Am I going to do? I have enough left to get his in time? I didn't. So okay, I'm just going to try to optimize kill points here. Yeah, so, yeah that was and it, that often happens in that scenario. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing. Yeah, I mean, the the kill point stuff and like that becomes the next decision making making point when you're on the minor. Um, yeah. On the other hand, that's not a bad thing that Blood and Glory has that extra decision to make. Well, okay, I'm not going to mm. be on kill points. Might as well go for that third objective. You know, like mm. that that is a good additional sort of puzzle piece in it. And I think what we're yeah. getting at with like Blood and Glory and Knife to the Heart is. I think they're polarizing, and I think that they're they're just one degree off from being good battle plans. Is that like mm. I think we're just we're just one degree off from being truly good battle plans. But yeah, I, that's I, fair. I cheat by putting knife to the heart at three, and <laughs> you know, like that, that's how I uh, because right. I also put it on my worst list. You know, because if it's anywhere right. other than three, I'm just like this is garbage. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm not a fan. I've seen some tos who have chosen knife to the heart as the fifth and final battle round uh you know scenario for the final battle round and yeah i'm not a big fan of that i mean i get the the thought behind making it the fifth uh but which is probably kind of obvious you know the whole thing that we've been talking about here it's difficult to get you got to really decide but it can lead to situations that are a little anticlimactic you yeah know, if you're, like even if you're playing for winning the tournament but you also got the potential to get best death, let's say, mm -hmm. and you face something where you're like, well, maybe I'll, I'll push a little bit and try to get it, but like I'm probably going to know early if I'm going to be able to get this or not. So it can be pretty anticlimactic yeah. for a fifth and final game. I mean, you, you, you think... You, no, you, you well, think of... Yeah, go. 
you, you think about like the structure of a narrative, right? Yeah. You're supposed to have like the it's that little gradually building mountain, right? And right. it's supposed to have falling action. Um, yeah. With knife to the heart positioned at three, you're still climbing that mountain, and you might plateau, but day yeah. two can then be another big peak, right? right. If you put it on round five, day two, this is a it can it can just flatline moment, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that's where yeah. it, it, I think that just that it kind of highlights the the problem with it. Mm-hmm. So so I'm not disagreeing with you, agreeing with you, but elaborating. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, yeah, that was my, those are my last ones. Yeah, Blood, the asterisk. You know, that's the one I felt the least confident in of my choices of five. Uh, I would. I think uh, a another one special mention uh, would be escalation. Escalation is interesting. That's one that I don't have enough experience with to have a strong opinion, even though it's an old one. I actually haven't played it all that much. I like some of the some of the potential with it where it's got those different deployment restrictions based upon whether you're a behemoth you're a battle line or you're not a battle line behemoths i think are 24 off the line mm-hmm. and battle line are nine off the line and then everything else is like 18 off the line off the mm-hmm. middle and it's uh the diagonal like place of arcane power and it's got the three objectives yeah yeah um escalation i have as a honorable mention on my worst Mm-hmm. because I feel like... So, like, not all behemoths are created equal. Yeah. You know, putting yeah. a... You know, putting a Stonehorn 24 off the line that basically has a kind of a... close to an 18-inch kind of threat range to begin with before you begin yeah. moving. Like, <laughs> right. it's like, oh, ruined its day. You know, <laughs> or like, or my vampire lord on zombie dragon. Like, ooh, ruined yeah, its so day. Right. Or like, right. but now I have this behemoth or- buff piece, right? Where you're just like, nope, you gotta be back. Like it's just yeah. or teleporters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, the, uh, the values feel a little arbitrary when in the greater context of the game. And that's, I can definitely see that point. That's yeah. my only kind of beef with it. Like, you know, some armies where you're like, okay, we teleport anyway, who gives a crap? Like, right. uh, you know, like yeah, it, 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 it falls onto the bad side of the, 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 uh, my column here that I have everything arranged mm. into because of that, mm-hmm. that approachability threshold. Mm-hmm. This is one you're going to yeah. read and reread at the table and still get wrong until you've played it enough times. And if you're a new player right. in a tournament, you're going to drop your care. You're going to drop your, you're going to drop your battle line and then realize your necromancer needs to be back another six yeah. inches and you're going to be, or like whatever. You're like, no, <laughs> like, it's yeah. just, can, can you let me take see back sees my deployment? And no, <laughs> screw you. Like it, right. it, I just, it, it just, uh, I'd rather not deal with it in a tournament context. Especially when ultimately the values feel arbitrary because they just they yeah just no I agree with that yeah well I mean like I played Beast of Chaos that had two Gorgons so not exactly the most competitive Beast of Chaos list yeah. but it it punished you know those Gorgons had very little impact on the game because they don't have the the movement of a Stonehorn or whatever yeah they don't have run and charge like unlike the rest of our entire army you know just like right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a good point on, on escalation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, cool, so, man. So, so go through your, your five. So one, one through five that you do for a two day event. So, so my, uh, my, my one through five, it was in no particular order here. Um, it was full. Well, give, point. give me a, give me, give me your order. What would okay. be your, your, okay. uh, your day one, round one, two, three, All right. day two rounds. Yeah. So round one, I would start with first strike or a uh, star strike. Um, okay. Because of the, uh, 
that grudge factor. I really like it to, to ease the nerves and get into yeah. it. It's got a, just enough randomness to, uh, to, 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 to where it could get wacky and fun. Um, yeah. From there, um, probably Border Wars, because now we've come to something a little bit more normal, a little more straightforward. Mm-hmm. You're going to play... Uh, you're gonna play just a game of Age of Sigmar now. You know the yep. nerves have settled. You're playing a game of Age of Sigmar, uh, and then yep. from there, I I close it out with Knife to the Heart, round three. It's gotta be round three, otherwise it's garbage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> day two, uh, I would go with uh, then better part of Valor, and then finally Focal Points. Nice. So that's a really good list. Yeah, I like that a lot, especially with Asterisk on. Knife to the Heart, specifically for round three. Yeah. And, yeah, man. Uh, what would be a potential alternative that you think could go in that round three slot? The round th- probably Battle for the Pass. Okay. I, I don't, I might have to, con- if, I, if I put Battle for the Pass and I think I I uh, take, uh, I move, I move that to day two and then I move, like, uh, um, Better Part of Valor to round three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, better Part of Valor. You have- yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I I could even end on focal points. I think even on a on a day three because that that's focal points yeah. for me is always a hypey like a really hypey like matchup. Yeah. It always is. It's always Absolutely. delivers. I love to end a tournament on it because it's pretty like hyped up. But but yeah. three or five focal points goes in three or five. Then if I have to take if I take I think if I take uh, knife to the heart off, uh, I put focal points in my three because I want that like I want that like that hype moment to end the tournament uh and end day three on because you're gonna have a good time with uh uh you're gonna have a good time with border uh, better better part of valor and and battle for the pass on day two then you're gonna have these right these two back to back so right so yeah yeah i like better part of valor there um so it was star strike border war mm-hmm. potentially better part of valor as a replacement for knife to the heart mm-hmm. What was your fourth one in and, this situation? Um, if we replace it, then uh, with then we go to uh, um, battle for the pass. Battle for the pass, and then focal points. And then focal points. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the, of course border war and battle for the pass are, you know, they they share the basic same structure, but with a pretty significant distinction of the deployment difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, presumably you you'd be talking about using the long deployment for battle for the pass yeah i think battle for the pass goes for then it's got a okay. little little element of of uh i mean i i, I mean you yeah exactly basically um battle for the pass uh if if knife to the heart goes out then, then okay ba- then battle for the pass has to come in because that's cool. got that like yeah. uh because that's got that like um like sort of hyped condensed running like yeah. go running at each other you just got some extra battle like objectives yeah absolutely so. i know some folks are not a big fan of the triangle deployment i love it it, it looks visually awesome and it, it changes things up on average i mean depending on your build but yeah i think uh, it has a sort of a nice rhythm to it mm-hmm. uh, at least in my opinion but so, cool man but yeah i mean i actually i actually like having both uh better part of valor and knife to the heart in the same tournament because i think that you're going to get a bigger spread of tiebreakers that way I, gotcha I, I, yeah. I, I think that those are the moments that you separate the the four and ones from the five and O's type thing where you're yeah or the or the three and twos from the four and ones you, you're really the general ship that i think you're going to see for for better part of valor is i think super significant on day two for for break mm-hmm. for separating out that pack uh you know as you're you're heading into the top tables in round five 
Gotcha. Nice. So I, I, that's why cool. I really, really like better part of the Valor right, right in round four. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that I was just looking here at Sports Earth, better part of Valor, where I had them. Yeah, I think I had it uh, three or four in my list for Scorched Earth, Scorched Earth, or better part of Valor. Cool. Yeah, the mine were. I mean, the sort of. Uh, so number one would be Total Conquest or Battle for the Past, or maybe a Border War, but kind of similar to what you were talking about. Well, actually, a little bit different, more of what you were talking about for round your round two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like your idea of Star Strike round one. That's that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my thought was, you know, that round one give some representation of classic AOS, mm-hmm. and you know, as as your starting point, uh, round two, place of arcane power. I had in there. that could go. I think that's a really good round four as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, scorched earth with the change. <laughs> you know, I definitely think you need to change that D three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could maybe potentially slot in better part of valor there. Uh, Blood and Glory for my fourth. Uh, there's definitely some overlap in our patterns here, but yeah. we just have, in some cases, some different choices. Like I chose Blood and Glory, you chose Knife of the Heart, but some similar principles yeah. behind those choices. Yeah, yeah, I th- and I th- we th- both love yeah focal points. Yeah, like and strong, and yeah. strong, absolutely. Um, yeah. and and that's gonna be either you're you're ending on the the tables you feel you should be playing to win it all, or when you're you're you know best in faction. Or you're going to end yeah. up running into one of your great, your awesome mid-table friends, you know, in, in, <laughs> right. in, in focal totally. points. You're like, ah, oh, man, I underachieved. I took bad beats. Day yeah. But then you end up running into your buddy in, in round five and you end on a great game. Like, I just, it's yeah. focal points is just like, I love ending a week in that. And, and again, you think about telling yeah. it, the, the, the battles kind of being their own structure of a narrative telling you a story. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, my, my number one special mention is Star Strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for many of the reasons that you said, yeah, it's a it's a really cool scenario, especially the newer version, because mm-hmm. it has that potential for randomness, but more reliability on average. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty interesting okay. as a as a random element type choice. Okay, cool, dude. Well, I think that's that was fun. That yeah. I, I definitely found that really useful. Yeah, yeah, and I I think we've uh we've uh given some we've added some more to the dialogue of battle plans um, for yeah. anyone who's considering this. So this would be a good episode for tos and perspective tos or even players kind of like getting a feel for uh, the structure of a tournament and how you know going through the weekend just kind of by proxy of, of listening to all this um yeah 100%. but um i guess uh i mean we could close it there or do you want to do the bonus for the viewers maybe save that for another time uh yeah let's do a few minutes a few minutes all right a few minutes gotta, all right so yeah. this is this is no longer uh, this is no longer rant cast this is now uh this is now tyler emerson's this is show. show yeah this yeah. is your show now <laughs> all right so as as a, as appropriate uh you said you didn't have a chance to listen to any of the scrubbing wells episodes because some dumbass took them offline i don't know who might have done that. i don't know why you would do that i'm not, I'm not sure what happened there why, i need why? to get them back online here I to be honest, I can't even recall why I did that. Why that happened, honestly. Uh, it I, was either Scrubby or Wells, though. Like, who knows which it was one, one of one of the one two. One of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them was pissed <laughs> off, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I do need to get those get the episodes actually back online because yeah, a lot of people have been very kind in saying they would they'd love to listen to some of them. Right. Um, anyway, yes. Well, what I was going to get at is you would have noticed that the pretty much every episode would start with why. So we'll do the obvious. Uh, I haven't heard everything that you've said about OBR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've said a lot. Yeah. Uh, and love, I feel like I don't really have sort of 
a good core understanding, sort of concise core elevator pitch type, you know, like here's the essence of why you love OBR, why you're so passionate about it. Regardless of, I mean, I'm especially interested in, well, you know, whatever you find most intriguing, but covering, you know, play style, aesthetics. But yeah, what, what, what are the core elements of why you love OBR? So my first read was really um, that, like the pseudo pan Asian thing. Like that's that's the okay. first moment where you go, this is awesome. I mean, if you've seen my yeah. Black Knights, they're converted into samurai skeletons oh, on horseback yeah. already. Oh, yeah, those look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So like those are already converted, and then like GW goes out and releases an army where they're like, hey Andrew, uh, hey Mephisto, we yeah. heard we heard you like samurai skeletons. Well, have we got an <laughs> army for you? Like it was like right. Games Workshop was kind of in my head. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Catacross was, like, sort of that, that Mortark video mm. where he's, like, we haven't met Catacross yet. He's just been, like, pontificating for, like, three videos. Right. And then right. you get this, like, the bad guy. You know, like, it's just, <laughs> he comes in in dramatic fashion. He starts out early on in true, in true bad guy form where he says, like, you know, I don't like murdering people like it's just my job and then he gets all the way to the end of the video but i think i kind of do like murdering people (laughs) it's like it it was such a like it felt like games workshop was in my head Mm. and uh i mean i've always been the death player uh you know i was the diablo 2 necromancer uh castlevania was my jam Um, oh yeah you know um did you like did you like have you watched season three not yet no spoilers please uh i i've heard some stuff already on accident um but uh freaking warren ellis man and uh the showrunner are a fantastic pair they're yeah i mean uh, uh warren ellis uh wrote gi joe he did a mini series leading up to the movie coming out and oh wow he's like and so he wrote he's, he's like you know i've never watched gi joe i've never read gi joe and you want me to work on it and they go yes we want you to work on it warren ellis and he's like can i blow up hong kong on episode one <laughs> they're like no <laughs> No, you cannot. Uh, he's like, what about Moscow? And they're like, you may blow up Moscow. <laughs> like, it's just like, and then, like he brings that same like humor to this like deep, awesome. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, like I love I love Castlevania. Uh, Symphony yeah. of the Night is still top five favorite game of all time. Uh, playing yeah. Alucard specifically because he's the be- yeah. he's the best. Um, yeah. And then that that wanting to like that sort of like semi emo kid like i just played the death armies i played black decks and black and blue decks and magic um Mm. so just like part of me and i've recently been reflecting on like why did i gravitate towards the death armies you know in like sixth Mm. grade why did i go that way um and i i realized like if you've folks who have listened to rantcast know that i'm a i'm a pretty famous insomniac um at the core of my insomnia is like one basically ptsd but on the other hand it's also this like fear of nothingness mm. um i don't like the idea i, I like death is terrifying to me like i'm okay. actually afraid of death um yeah. a lot um mm. and uh you know when you sleep i feel like you're getting a uh, like a, a free trial of death you know mm. <laughs> like, like, like and then you're like yeah, i'll play I'll, I'll, like like I, oh, man. <laughs> i've never heard maybe my all-time favorite description of sleeping a free trial of death yeah, yeah. It's I like that on a on a t shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like I like I feel like so like I've always had this like sort of fear of death, but like young, mm-hmm. I I think I w- imperceptibly, 
I gravitated towards like death because it was like making a mockery of it or taining the thing that I'm the most afraid of into a strength and like sort yeah. of embracing it as like a this this alter ego this persona and yeah. and so like at that core this like I'm playing necromancers and no gosh the the god the the progenitor of necromancy in the world that was right like he he invented necromancy and he discovered immortality like he did that and so yeah. I'm playing his army that is saying giving the middle finger to death the whole time um, nice. vampires yeah. that's what they're doing right like they're they're giving yeah. the middle finger to death like and when that that all came full circle with us mm. bone reapers where like you have catacros with this mocking video and then that little bit of like hey andrew we hear you love samurai and <laughs> specifically yeah. samurai skeleton and i'm like you know what i do like that now if only i can get yeah. like ninja vampires like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like be the best of all things um yeah. so so that's that's the why uh okay. and then from there it just like it felt even more and more like it was like uh, you know i love cavalry and they're like oh you know you already love your black knights what if they had yeah. rend and i'm like yeah, yes what if they had rend <laughs> you know yeah. like every time it was like uh they were just one-upping every expectation i had so what, so what are you enjoying about the play style i like that they're still very much the like attrition like mm. gamey sort of army where you're you're a ceaseless undead legion marching forward like in mm -hmm. army of darkness it's just that 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 danny alfman tune comes in and just the flute and you're just you're still just like marching across the table which is yeah. how death should always play that way um mm -hmm. you, you should always just be marching your 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 legions across the table but they yeah. took that and they kind of remixed it a little bit um mm. from a from a from a like practicality standpoint i'm running fewer models now than with my hundred bone daddies or my hundred like bone zone list before i'm right, running right. i'm running 60 now um you know all yeah. in I'm, I, I think i'm at like 62 models because of nagash uh, mm. like it's just 65 i've got the, what's your latest uh, list uh it's uh 40 uh uh 40 more tech guard 20 more tech guard bone shaper Nagash, five, uh, uh, five, uh, uh, Kavalos, Death Riders. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's my latest list. Any, no battalions? Uh, no. So you're five drop. Uh, okay. my previous list was, uh, Mortec Guard. It was 20, 20, 20. Uh, okay. and five, uh, Death Riders st uh, still, because you, you got that mm -hmm. need for speed. Um, and you, and you still had Nagash? Yeah, and I still had Nagash. Yep. Um, but I found that 20s die even in Petrifex Elite. And that is simply mm -hmm. unacceptable. And so my thought was like, if I have three twenties, I can go wider and contest more stuff. And it's like, you know what? Uh, they didn't help me before, like, because people just like twenties die. There's a lot of stuff where you're just like, that can do like ten mortal wounds, and now you're down to ten fives, and they can finish you off with like yeah. a, a good charge from a quality unit. Like, even right. though Petrifex Elite are this unkillable, mo these unkillable monsters. Uh, so essentially, what ends up happening is I. A battle starts here with my 20, it goes away, and then I have, mm. like, my other power set. Like, so, I've switched to 40-20. Yeah. Uh, the 20 has the Bone Shaper directly behind it, so they're artificially a little bit higher. Uh, yeah. and, and then Nagash is projecting his regen table-wide. Uh, right. right. And nice. the, the closest... You have the spell portal? Yes. Uh, yeah. In the current list, I have cool. the spell... It's it's a decision between either the spell portal or the pendulum. Uh, gotcha. Uh, and you have the, the Shrieker. Um... Right. The pendulum, because the people who have beaten me have not mm -hmm. fought Nagash. 
and that is unacceptable yep. that I do yep. not get to teleport. <laughs> so I'm going to take the pendulum and throw it into myself and teleport. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, am... I never... Oh, wow, I never... That's yeah, cool. yeah, it is unacceptable that I do not get to teleport Nagash. Uh, so... I've heard of... I've seen Zinch players do that, but I hadn't heard or seen yeah I'm, I'm sure it's probably a thing that a lot of them do i just haven't heard of that's uh that's yeah. that's great yeah the the choice is either so spell portal i think is not the way to go with nagash in in, in petrifex elite anymore um okay before like in the, in 2.0 nagash with 60 grim gas reapers um he's he was still very die <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. a three up re-rolling ones isn't the best save a two up re-rolling mm -hmm. ones is much much better nagash no longer right. needs needs protection at that yeah. level like yeah. he go, you say here's a thousand points of 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 wizard, uh, who fights you know about like four hundred points, mm. and he's gonna kick your ass. And you actually yeah. push him around the table. He has to avoid a couple power pieces, uh, like that can actually take him off the table. Um, but like you just choose to not be by them, and they and feed them more tech guard instead, and then Nagash right. goes around and, and does what he does. Um, yeah, he feels like a death god on the table. <laughs> like it's so good. Uh, nice. Like the feel of Nagash, it's finally right. It's it's the best it's been since LON one point or since since AOS one when he was Yolo solo Nagash with the old Mystic Shield. Um, yeah, yeah. But like adding in the fact that he can Gatling gun uh, arcane bolts is just the it's just the cherry on top. So. Oh yeah, that's great. So he's just this like walking around like Bono in the South Park episode, just going yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> like pointing around, shooting laser beams, and, like, meleeing people down with his sword. And his, yeah. well, I call it his katana, because he's converted. But, uh... <laughs> it's, it, like, it. he feels great. And and so, because he's constantly in the fight now, uh, you, mm. you don't really need spell portal. Um, he's gonna walk gotcha. up to the thing that you would spell, you would spell portal hand to dust before, um, where mm. it becomes useful as, as a projection power, because Nagash can be over here, and I can hand to dust your guy over there. But then I yeah. need... need Something like say, five uh, five cavalry to show up mm -hmm. on and finish mm -hmm. what he started with that hand of dust. So mm -hmm. I, I I do take umbral spell portal right now. I don't think it's the way. I take it because I I just attach to it. I have too much fun with umbral <laughs> nice. spell portal. And yeah. uh, the cure for my insomnia, as it turns out, has been uh, knowing that on day two of a tournament I have. Uh, places of arcane power with nagash umbral spell portal in ulgu i uh <laughs> i'll sleep like a baby every time <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> um yeah. But I, I feel like i buried the lead a little bit there um as far as playing it it's just yeah. um it's condensed the things i already love about death mm. it's given them sculpts like army of darkness undead still awesome by the way i still mm. love my mm. lon like my hundred skeletons I, they'll yeah. I, I like um but like GW kind of did the impossible by giving skeletons personality that you don't have to mm. like infer or meme on. When you right. look at Mortec Guard, they're like sneers. This this mockery of like of Sigmar's you know Stormcast Eternals yeah. with their their sort of like dime a dozen faceplates that are just normal. And every yeah. one of the Mortec Guard has a different like grimace or sneer or smile. Right. You know, like they have all this personality, this arrogance about them that is just one hundred percent death you know this. yeah yeah so yeah i love how they look in person i finally we have a guy that started playing them recently and yeah they're they are amazing they're one of those that yeah i mean that's probably true with most models but they definitely look even better in person 
It's true. Uh, it's yeah. true. <laughs> like the where they hid the seams on them is kind of stunning too. Mm. So they look like this perfectly sculpted army, like they're supposed to say in the lore, where like mm-hmm. you know their their sc- bone masons have discovered mortisians have discovered an entirely new magic to shape bone as hard as steel and then you're like oh yeah these dudes are totally sculpted because they're like the mold line i have to pick them up flip them upside down and turn them like you know 30 degrees um so so that's cool um the mortec or or the the cavalos death riders are awesome they they have all these hidden like little hidden details yeah um when you're like looking at them, like uh, some of them have like little faces on their hindquarters, like where like it's like a mm. skull, and they they're just they're really cool. I love the like winged hussar head, like the sort of winged hussar headgear, and then like the overall like samurai vibe to them. Yeah, absolutely. So they're just. Do you think we're gonna see more of the the elite units? What are the name of the the stalkers or? In terms of, like, on the field or on the table? On the field, yeah. I, I think that that's uh, an inevitability. Um, mm. I, I think right now a lot of Ossiarch Bone Reapers are leaning on a pair of crutches. Um, mm. The first crutch being Petrifex Elite. Um, yeah. Uh, the second crutch being Mortec Guard. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a little paradoxical in that, like, I feel like you want to actually take a 40 or two. But mm. beyond that, I don't think you want all these like twenties of Mortec Guard. I don't actually think you want to run a hundred Mortec Guard, like mm-hmm. like some people have advised. I think you can get away with a pair of forties and then like bringing in a unit of uh yeah some thirties or whatever. Like I think mm. you push up past the twenties towards thirties or forties. Uh, it's it's just once you're at thirty, you might as well go to forty. It's fifty points, man. Um, mm, yeah. <laughs> what else are you gonna spend fifty points on? Um, right. it's like you you. You the the I think you can you can feel secure with just one big murder stick of Mortec guard, and then you can take some of the speed that you need. And stalkers yeah. pres- present speed. Um, interesting, yeah. And and uh, you know the interesting space I, I I often end up in is catapults versus harvesters. Okay. Um, it's 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 weird because I feel like catapults sure up your matchups against mm. the stuff that beats you, but paradoxically. Like- like what? Uh, like, uh, you know, for instance, like, uh, Skaven can be a problem for you. Um, uh-huh. Like, it, they're a massive problem for you, in fact. Um, the yeah. uh, uh, Cities of Sigmar. Cities of Sigmar are a problem for you. Uh, Tailored List. Fire Slayers do what you do, but better. Uh, you can actually mm-hmm. take their heroes off with a catapult, though. You can just yeah. say, hey, you're yeah. going to roll those. You're going to roll those once. You know, you're going to roll those once. Like, yeah. uh, and when you do, five wounds. Goodbye. Like, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, like I think that they they help you. Uh, Dok Doc can yeah. uh, they Doc doesn't beat you straight up. They they beat you on the table, but they do it better. Like just about as as good as anyone possibly could on the table. Uh, and they they're not powder when you fight them because all their their save isn't coming from armor. It's coming from a redundant after save. So all that like bonus mm. run you're enjoying isn't really as impactful. How does the traditional? Well, I guess the traditional Doc thing if you're trying to beat up vr is you're adding 20 blood sisters yeah and you might be doing like for example we saw a fellow whose name i'm forgetting at las vegas open who did really well he was in the final eight he had both the 20 blood sisters and added like six of the scourge runner chariots in order to give him capacity to shoot heroes i think well and just generally do range damage yeah 
you know, added speed, added mobility. I mean, there's a lot that you can get for six scourge runner chariots in a dock list, a lot of utility, but yeah. 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 I mean, Dodgers of Cain, it's like we, that puzzle was solved such a long time ago. People quit working the problem, even as mm. the meta shifted. And mm. I, I still think DOK has got some like more interesting builds than, you know, your, your 60 sisters and you know, mm. what's be kind of become the cookie cutter. Um, mm-hmm. like you're probably okay with just like the 30, the 30 witches, you know, and, and the power mm-hmm. center. And then from there exploring the rest of the builds, uh, Ken or I, by the way, are a fucking nightmare for us, Eric Bone Reapers. Um, oh, what's that? um, you ca- don't have keep back units in the army. You just, you don't really have something that stays back and holds your objective for the most part. Oh, keep back. Yeah. 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 Um, the closest thing to that is how I use my, 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 uh, death riders because they can get back, mm-hmm. you know, so I can have five death riders sit on something and then turn three actually go out and do something once everything's kind of showed up yeah um you you if it's if i've got two objectives to worry about then whatever like but uh so often it's four objectives or five objectives and then that's mm-hmm. where ken or i become a problem because they're always going to show up where i don't where i can't cover um the army struggle like, i mean ken or i can drop down and just say your your catapult sucks mm. within six inches it can't it can't attack can't attack right right so you're just like nope sucks now like (laughs) like, um it like this this sucks forever uh we've also seen like shadow warriors coming in in place of kenarai uh and they do they do the same job but with more bodies and they actually have a decent melee profile like yep absolutely so so like like 10 10 shadow warriors or or five kenarai are like this just a just a thorn in your side as a as a as an obr player Um, right there, so what are the give me two two main tournament builds uh, just at a high level so is would you say nagash is one of those no but give me give, okay what would be two the two main builds i think your main build is going to be uh catacross in okay. petrifex elite with it i think it works out to be about uh 60 uh 60 more tech guard uh i still think you take the five uh the five murder ponies or the, 40 10 10 20 20 20 i think you go f- the uh 40 20 uh 40 20 and then you take uh death riders in that in that final okay spot. um okay what i actually really like brendan's list right now i was gonna say yeah I'm a big i really i still doing the two by five cavalry he, he does the two by five cavalry and he takes a death lance and i really yeah. like taking a death a cavalos death death lance yeah or uh, a cavalos lance um his list is really close to i think optimal um yeah he, he has foregone uh harvesters and catapults though and i think that that's where there's another gear for his army so. mm. yeah he was talking about that the other day the problem with catapults is he can't roll he can't roll you need a three he, up. yeah he can't roll <laughs> worth a shit um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um what i would would i i think catacross is the way for the most competitive builds right now just simply okay. rdp is the gas for everything in your army um mm. what people often overlook for our army is like yes we get an abundance of quote-unquote command points mm. everything takes them um mm-hmm. you know you're smashing and bashing is situational um you know you're you know teleporting onto the table i know stormcast eternal or jobbers considered jobbers right now but teleporting mm. onto the table doesn't take you anything you just do it like a lot right. of allegiance abilities summoning you just you get a resource and then you just use it like that's separate yeah. from command points like there's there's a lot of abilities that are uh, that armies have that do their sh- they do their shtick and it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't require anything other than like corn 
tons of just positional buffs. You know, right. they get positional buffs and prayers and, you know, everything is hinged to your RDP. We have spellcasters, mm -hmm. but they're garbage. Like, no bonuses to cast. Our spells are mm -hmm. powerful, uh, which is why you see a lot of people taking Archon, but I think he's a Archon, yeah. I think he's a trap. Uh, because... He's, he's three, he's just, he does something that the rest of the army doesn't do, which is he dies. <laughs> and, uh, and is, he, is he a base three now, or is he a base four that goes to three and patch fix? Uh, he gets, uh, he's three spells. Three oh, I meant, oh, sorry. Uh, save. Oh, his save. Uh, I, he's a, he he's goes probably... down to a three up, I believe. Yeah, he's probably a four up. He's got to be a four up going down to a yeah, three up. Yeah, and, and the, the, the yeah. thing that kills yeah. it, though, is his number of wounds. Eleven still? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he's a, he's a three up save with the with the three spells uh, for okay. what three sixty, I mean okay, yeah. uh, like you might as well take like a bone uh, a pair of bone shapers get their get their free regen, uh, mm. flip coins for their spells and they're they're casting on five ups and five ups and six ups anyway. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what what where Archon is good is that he's he actually he's fighty and people forget he's mm -hmm. fighty, so you can actually mm -hmm. like he's got a sixteen inch base movement. You can actually throw him around the table, and as long as you pick the right battles, like he'll he'll fight stuff. But the stuff nice. that the stuff that beats you beats Archon even harder, and then like okay. that's the yeah. problem. It, yeah. it, like I'm not worried about casting better spells to beat like uh, someone's suboptimal cities list. Like I I don't yeah. care. You know, like I don't like I don't need the, that to beat you. So the so the general hard counter to the degree that there's a hard counter against OBR is it essentially ranged. Um, it's, it's ranged, it's, it's, it's the, it's the same thing that counters basically any high armor army. It's mortal wounds and, and rend yeah. two. Yeah. Mortal wounds and rend yeah. two. If you've got mortal wounds yeah. and rend two, you can beat bone reapers, but it helps if that rend two is ranged <laughs> or, or the right. mortal wounds are ranged. And so those are the, uh, it, it really does help because, uh, 10 more tech guard will still kill you if yeah. you're, you're trying to melee them straight up. So you yeah. need to cut off our regen if we've got it with a harvester or a bone shaper. Uh, yeah. Target priority number one is our bone shaper. It's it's carrying a steroid and regen. Right. If, if you That's, yeah. If you can kill it, That's... kill it instantly, just as fast as possible. Get rid of it. Uh, important yeah. to note is if you're in Patrick's elite, chances are that thing's going to be wearing the bone armor. It says it mm. negates one wound a turn, uh, or one wound per phase, not one mortal wound. So mortal wounds are just as good against it. Okay. It's yeah. it, it, I've I've seen people play this rule wrong. Um, yeah. so be aware they're not negating that first mortal wound everybody uh you know <laughs> uh kill it <laughs> kill it with fire right. um yeah this way like but like body count beats us sticking us in tar pits beats us we don't really have a mm -hmm. uh this is where i think um as people get over their fear of bone reapers and you know you're playing our game if you push across the table to fight me mm -hmm. like it, you've just given me a free charge by charging me you know Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to fight you anyway. Thank you. Uh, right. You you beat me by not playing that straight up game. You beat me by covering objectives, attacking flanks, taking off my buff pieces. That's speed pretty bumps. Speed bumps. Speed bump me. Like, I can't fly. You just speed bump me. Like I, okay, yeah. like ten Ungor Raiders is just as dead as anything else, and the Ungor Raiders cost you cost me a turn and you eighty points. Um, yeah. And yeah. plus my four hundred point unit is just sitting right there now. Um, yeah, and it's probably, I mean, basic principle is probably, like, to the degree that you need to go in and do damage, it's equal to yeah. not saying anything amazing. You need to concentrate power 
and take it off. You, you, know, you, like you need to focus down whatever you're going you, after. You have to go in. A, you can't play the like equal points trade game with, with mm -hmm. OBR. Only a few handful of units can even attempt that. Um, mm -hmm. But you gotta you gotta hedge your bets. Like the the notion of like a hundred you know hundred points versus a hundred points or four hundred points versus four hundred points mm -hmm. that goes a little bit out the out the uh, out the you know out the uh, out of the toolbox for you because my four hundred points is better than your four hundred points because my whole army is built to do this one thing, mm -hmm. which is live and kill you. That's all my army does. Um, right. So like you need to commit hard. Uh, that's how you kill Nagash too. If I'm running my Nagash build. Commit hard, throw yep. fifteen hundred points at Nagash. You know, or do your do your best to ignore him, or ignore him. And One or the other. Have an ether void, ether void pendulum. Yeah, to teleport after <laughs> you when you're trying to run away from me like a coward. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Archeon. I, I my Nagash will run away from Archeon. I don't want any yeah. part of him. <laughs> you yeah. know, like uh, um, Gotrick, my Nagash will run away from Gotrick. I don't want any part of him. Like he's cheaper right. than Nagash. Like, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Like, uh, right. two stone horns. My Nagash will run away from two stone horns. One stone yeah. horn, actually. We did the. I parsed the math with Haywo. Mm. Um, mm. twenty percent. Uh, twenty percent chance of killing him full to dead. Mm. That is. Wow. I don't want a. I don't want a one in five chance of my Nagash <laughs> gone. Uh, yeah, chances. Are, chances are, uh, I'm gonna teleport off the chart. The impact hits. Right. Uh, like a, a murder horn or a crunch horn, respectively. Uh, I believe the crunch horn is slightly better. Uh, when mm -hmm. we, ma we mathed it out by like two wounds, but, uh, mm -hmm. the, the crunch horns, uh, the murder horns, uh, st stat swing is healthier. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like something like a 20% chance of taking him off the table. I'm just like, nope. Let alone if it's two stone horns, like fuck that. <laughs> yeah, right. like, I'm out. Um, yeah, so, so like, um, yeah, like, like, I mean, the army has got problems right now. I don't think people have like discovered them all because what happens is you go petrifex elite is too good and i go yeah probably but like mm -hmm. from there it's like okay now like let's put that in the corner petrifex is probably too good real quickly i've had conversations with folks about this and i've been saying at least my personal opinion on this is again it's the pick a lane rend yeah stick to your lane uh what i i love what brent uh from rerolling one said mm -hmm. um which is like it's it, like it says in the lore that they're slow. They show up late and they totally do murder everything forever, but they're supposed yeah. to be slow. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I know. Here's like his fix and our fix. Kind of we landed on was uh, they don't get the three up the three inch movement that mm. the that the rest of the legions get. Oh, keep, keep your end, be as murdery, but now you're three inches removed from the game every, and that three inches piles up very quickly. Mm. It's the difference between being able to make a turn two charge or not. You know, it's a difference yeah. of being able to scoop up that later objective. So, yeah, I will murder you wherever I go, or I will yeah. take the hit and murder you back. But, like, yeah. I can never get to where I... Now I have to really... As a death player, you have to get in motion early, always. Yeah. That's just right. how you, you have to play death. Uh, not being right. able to fly, not being able to teleport. That's how you play this army. Um, You have to get into motion early. Now, yeah, that'd be a considerable impact. That's a... Uh... Making that change. Yeah, and, yeah. And so the OBR players are gonna be like, hell yeah, I still get to have Ren two dudes, and then, mm -hmm. and then like now that the heat is cooled, people see that there was a nerf. They go, okay, there was a nerf. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not as bad anymore. They're willing to test the problem, test the waters again. Mm -hmm. um, points isn't the fix. You know, if you hit mm -hmm. points, what is not a problem? Every other legion or bone clave of of Osiric right. Bone Reapers, <laughs> they're yeah. all perfectly fine hitting yeah. points. To punish Petrifex Elite is gonna hit 
every other unit in, in the, everything else. Like the people who are just minding their own business, playing crematoriums yeah. right now, <laughs> and just like having a blast with their friends, literally because they blow up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, don't hurt that person. They're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. Like even the person who wants to play Petrifex Elite because they're made out of dinosaur bones, mm. uh, and wants their Nagash to have a two up rerollable save, so he's actually worth freaking a thousand points uh like <laughs> like they're not really doing anything wrong but like the people who are really maximizing that list with it like i can see the feels bad uh, i still mm-hmm. think as is they struggle to go five and oh you you get to top tables and every army that's good against you is every army that's on the top of uh, the top tables Mm-hmm. And if you're so cities of Sigmar, uh, Zinch, yeah, Tune cities, Zinch, of... Zinch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Tune cities of Zinch. Sigmar, Zinch, Ko, like Ko, Ko, sh- KO yeah. is a problem. Uh, uh, they got a lot of minus two rends. Yeah, okay, you know they potentially warp lightning vortex you. Uh, if they how, what's what's the average uh, what's the average drop with these competitive builds? Are you looking at usually like five? Or... Uh, f- five or so. Uh, for for my army, it's I'm usually on five drops. Uh, I think. Okay. I think uh, Osiarch Bone Reapers expect f- four or five drops against them. Uh, there okay. are ways okay. to get like decent two drop armies. My the first list I ever built was a uh, was a more was the uh, what was it? It was the Balistari, which is the uh, catapults list plus a yeah. cap plus a Cavalos Lance. So I had the the Thunder Lightning uh, list yeah. where I just had my uh, cavalry charge across the table uh, nice. and catapults just shoot you down. Um, yeah. I think you mentioned Skaven. Uh, yeah. What about the like Flesh Eater Slanesh? Can they pose issues? I mean, low Slanesh men... is not a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's very clear that when they, when they, when uh, I think that that like that Osiric Bone Reapers got a lot of 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 they 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 had a lot of Slanesh in mind when when Osiric Bone Reapers were made in a way that I think that Slanesh was made in mind with a lot of LON in mind because LON LON and DOK were the top top armies at the time. Yeah. So when you're making yeah. Slanesh, you're going to think about those those good armies and what what do you mm-hmm. want to look like, right? Um, I think Bone Reapers were looking at Slanesh a lot and Slanesh. Yeah, yeah that's that's fine. I mean, um, yeah. And, and and like it's just like they're an Alpha Strike army and Alpha Strike tends to lose to attrition if mm-hmm. attrition can is can weather the can weather the storm right and that is a chance to play idk at all uh yeah i've played against idk uh i think idk i think you play a game of age of sigmar uh yeah i i just think i I think you play a game of age of sigmar i same thing with tuned maw tribes i think you play a game of age of sigmar um Mm -hmm. same thing with war clans a tuned list of war clans i think you play a game of age of sigmar like there are like that's that's what i've been thinking as well like when i look at ob see a number of inherent constraints they have obvious strengths, but they do have a reasonable number of constraints that make a number of, you know, matchups that are going to push them. Mm-hmm. You got to play well. You've got to, yeah, like there's 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 a number of matchups that could be a could be at least a challenge for you. Yeah, that's good. I, I they're like, I mean, I do feel like a, an inflated sense of like playing this army against somebody on their like their fluffy like ogre maw tribes list where they just got sure. a bunch of, like, they've got like some gut busters because they think yeah. they're cool and like they got the one unit of iron guts and you know they maybe right. have a stonehorn i'll probably destroy that guy you know like yeah. i will just probably crush you um like without even without even everything. yeah <laughs> without even like thinking very hard about it but like honestly if you were playing that fluffy straightforward list i'd have 
probably beat me with my Beast of Chaos too, and I'm supposed to have a forty percent win rate with them. You know, like mm, it's right. it's like it's like I I think context is important. I think that lead gets buried a lot with with this. Is like Petrifex Elite is it does fundamentally something that I agree with you and Vince on is having the offense and the defense on the same thing feels wrong to me. It just yeah. feels wrong. But like, yeah. and like, so like, so like knowing that I concede that point early, mm. I would continue to say, but like, honestly, we still play a game of age of Sigmar and there's a lot of armies that push us and stretch us. Then there's a lot of counters to us in this meta, especially when yeah. you're talking that, that day two, you right. know, you're probably yeah, going to cruise into day two on two and one or three and oh depending on where it falls but then you're gonna you're gonna struggle day two and if you're a competitive player or competitive army that's probably where you want to be yeah so, so in a strange way i think that like osiric bone reapers are a are a success of mm. of, of competitive design in in that mm -hmm. like you know slanesh when slanesh was at its height of power or flesh eater quartz with all of its golden parachutes like mm. What decision do I make to not lose my entire unit to a terror geist? What decision do I make? Out deploy it? Yeah. Nope. It flies freaking across the entire table. 16 inches plus a spell to fly further than 16 inches, making a rerollable charge. Um, probably gonna kill my whole unit. Oh wait, no. Uh, it whiffed on its attack rolls, or like it chose not to activate it first, or what? Whatever wait, happens. Wait, wait. Layers were were a challenge as well because when it charges of course it can wipe out that first screen mm -hmm. and then it Activates can still again. i believe activate, activate again, again and pile in because mm -hmm. it's the initial charge so you go three inches with the second pile in and then you've got a three inch reach on the thing on the, on the so thing that a, matters yeah on the yeah thing <laughs> so you got a six inch like, threat range yeah and, i was finding that difficult <laughs> and, and it flies so like even if you chaff it properly and like you measure yeah. out its pie plate you like put just not enough space it's like oh uh, I make the 10 inch charge. Uh, I'm going to go over here on this flank. You can't like yeah. screen it enough. Double yeah. pile is in like, and then the other thing is like, say you out position it perfectly and you get mm. enough value in on it to kill it. Mm. It just activates twice and kills you in response. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. because of the gristle gore feature. So, yeah. so like flesh eater courts was like the, the height of, you know, what meaningful decisions do you make to beat this army? And that sure. was the, the, the problem for me was never really like, activation wars it was about the choices i had and and i feel like slanesh was that again like we had just like we, we were already angry at flesh eater courts and then slanesh comes in and kind of does the same thing but like right. across the whole table instead of just isolated on one dragon you know yeah. uh and so you're just like i just dealt with one dragon like now i have a whole army of three keepers and a bunch of other and like a chariot like and now oh, yeah, totally. oh I, go ahead activate five units twice before i get to activate one unit in my army cool like, yeah. but like, at least with Bone Reapers, like, I go, okay, I'm going to activate my thing. Okay, I murder your unit because it's mm -hmm. whatever. I get to destroy it forever. Uh, I'm awesome. And then now you <laughs> swing and then you do your thing. And hopefully you didn't charge my 400 points plus 200 points of buff unit got my 600 point power center with your 300 yeah. points and think that you were supposed to win. Right. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry you thought that that was going to go in your favor. Um, yeah. but then like, again, like, you know, you're talking like number of drops. We, we don't have a one drop option really. Um, mm -hmm. they were very intelligent with the, the battalions, like, uh, the, the one that you would think would be the one that you go into for mm -hmm. a one drop. Uh, it doesn't have any wiggle room. It says you have this many units to it, you mm -hmm. know, like, 
so you're going, okay, I'm reducing my army by this many units, but then I still have to buy another battle line. I have to buy a probably another hero to build a cons like a proper army or a second battalion. So you can, right. get, you can get some two drops. You can get some pretty competitive two drops. But like you're not, you probably are around three or four because you want Catacross in there. He's in none of the battalions that matter. So. Do you know offhand how many drops that uh, Death Rider plus Nagash build that did well at CanCon was? How many drops it was? He was probably around four. Well, I I think he, he, did he have a Death that, Lance or not? I, yeah, I think I think he did, but I'm not I'm not 100 sure. I see, I think he was just four drops because I think he just had the three units of murder ponies. I I think he came in at like five drops because I think it was just oh, okay. murder ponies, a cavalo, a liege cavalos, and then I don't even think he had the battalion. Got but it. Okay. If he had the battalion, so, he'd have been three drops. Gotcha. So one of the I mean I think we probably covered this, but just in summation, I mean what what's the main one or two things that you think people some folks are still getting wrong or are not realizing about OBR that makes them... I mean, look, their match win percentage, is, again, with the big asterisk of that, it's too, in my opinion, it's a little too high right now. Yeah. Um, it's it's not egregious. It's not Zinch, or sorry, Slanesh, when Slanesh was 70%, at times Doc has been 80, way too high. Yeah. yeah, whatever it was. And, and again, I, we understand that these percentages are not necessarily reflective of what really skilled players playing these armies a lot, right. can do with them. They probably have a much higher win percentage uh, that could be, you know, making these percentages misleading. Mm -hmm. But anyway, with all that said, yeah, well, like, what do you think are the one or two core things that people are are missing that OBR that makes them a little more manageable than meets the eye? I think it really does come down to table play. Um, okay. Like, I, I really do think it comes down to table play. I, I, I mean, in, in the same... When I was first getting into Age of Sigmar, um, the notion of Alpha being the worst feeling you could ever possibly have well it was it mm. was clown car was the worst feeling you could ever possibly have in change host yeah. oh how the more things change the more they stay the same uh, um, yeah and uh well, <laughs> vanguard what vanguard, vanguard, vanguard wave, wave. right yeah. like when i was getting into age of sigmar those were like the problems mm -hmm. but like again the fundamentals mm -hmm. of those problems are meaningful choice i have mm. no but alpha was like the one that like people really latched on to of like i have nothing i can do they drop down and they charge me and i'm dead Right. And they drop down and they shoot me and I'm dead. Like, you know, like that was like, that's every problem I ever heard. And I'm like, mm. it's probably an oversimplification, but it, I think it highlighted a fundamental like disconnect in the community and how, and like, and like some basic fundamental of the game. Yeah. So in the case of, of like alpha strike, you know, fast forward a little bit, alpha strike maintained. Okay. So KO gets nerfed uh, and Zinch gets changed. I want to call Zinch nerfed. They just shifted the power in that army elsewhere. And you had mm. a choice to build a completely different Zinch army or build a completely different army with the new stuff that was coming out. Zinch players tended to shelve their army and go and play something else. They, and then we mm. got to see the endless spam spell start coming back out again before they got their new book. And you're like, oh, Zinch right. never got bad. It was just hiding. <laughs> God, you yeah. know, like that that moment we had. But, but I digress on Zinch. Um, yeah. But the, the constant I heard was Alpha Strike is the worst. Alpha Strike is the worst. Uh, Gav. Mm. Gav and Eels. Gav and mm -hmm. Eels, Gav and Eels. Over and over and mm -hmm. over again, the thing that people hated the most. You don't hear a whole lot of hate about Eels anymore, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, the big big thing that, yes. like, Eels and Gav were teaching you was better deployments and mm -hmm. better use of chaff. You understand mm -hmm. chaff, that, like, I put the thing in front of the thing I don't want to die, right? Yeah. Like that, as a basic player in the game. But, like, a lot of our players 
I, I don't as a Stormcast player, but I, I get no, the idea. No, no, you don't get that luxury. I'm sorry. I don't because I, no. I don't play skanks. I, I actually have some morals. I'm like, yeah, you know, the, the other Stormcast players. Yeah. in my yeah, community. like you don't get you. So you're on advanced stress right now. You're not playing with chaff. But uh, <laughs> totally. yeah, yeah. advanced stress. It's, it's, it's all about it's all about the hard mode. Right, play Age of Sigmar on hard mode. Uh, <laughs> no, like it, it's it's um, it it. it like you understand chaff, but like we, we have a community that talks a lot more about Age of Sigmar and reads a lot more about Age of Sigmar and you know builds more lists in Age of Sigmar. Um, putting it on the table and going, the chaff needs to be this far away was mm-hmm. the disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. That made mm-hmm. Alpha Strike just uh this unsolvable puzzle problem. Mm-hmm. Right? And and so I think that, that that was the growing pain moment in our in our scene. I think a lot of people have learned that lesson now. That's why yeah, Gav, Gav got nerfed off the out of existence by way of all evocators and everything going up that just didn't need to. Mm. Um, and Eels got like a slight tweaking. It's the difference of like, uh, really, it didn't make a difference. <laughs> like, yeah. it didn't, it didn't really like yeah. it was. It was like it was enough to get people to stop talking about it, but it wasn't really a you know a, a major problem. Yeah, if my opinion for the hell that's worth. That was an uncle mess. But I mean, we've we have a lot of us have talked about that with the changes yeah, or yeah. really lack of aggregate changes to IDK. Yeah, there, yeah, you didn't see much. You didn't see much. But what I think would happen is people learned. Yeah, and I think that that's the real difference is people learned the lesson. What lesson did they learn? Deployments right. and That's really what right. people had to learn. That's that's the hard lesson they had to they had to learn. And I'm not saying like I am saying get good in a sense, but I'm not saying oh just get good noob. I'm saying that there is a mm-hmm. the knowledge of the community is growing. That sure. we're taking these concepts and we're applying them to the table more and more and more as problems right. present themselves. I think the, right. the the problem that Osiric Bone Reapers are, are presenting right now is objective play. You know, play the table. That's what I will tell mm-hmm. you when any time that you have an army that you can't beat, mm-hmm. what's the table say? But what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Play the table. You know, like what mm-hmm. am I actually saying? You know, I'm saying if there's a forty block of Mortec guard here with a harvester and you've got five objectives, fuck off. Like, like, go over there. And like, that might feel unfulfilling to players. And that's, that's a criticism I understand. Like it feels unfulfilling to play, play KG. But a a counterpoint real quick. uh, Why should you ever feel bad about playing a tactical war gaming strategy game? Tactically. Yeah, that's like one of the, I think I'm kind of getting some broader discussion of why personally I enjoy playing these sort of three, two, maybe two, three sometimes armies that you're pushing for 4-1 is because they introduce more of those conditions on average. Yeah. Um, and I'm so like my player type is not the psychological profile that I want to go 5-0. There are, that's out there. That's yeah, fantastic. Not a spike, um, but yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just not so mine. But yeah, because it introduces more of these um, challenges, these play. constraints. Yeah. yeah, opportunities to play where... Like I learn more. I don't. I don't. At least for myself, I learn more on average by the constraints in place and trying to wriggle my way out of them mm-hmm. than the alternative. Right. And with Stormcast, you know, it's a lot about um, concentrating power and doing it thoughtfully. And when you go and do that, and you know, a lot, a lot of those things. And you you have to play for a longer game. You often get down in the objective, so you got to get back up. And you have to. You're not. You're not getting the choice of going first ever pretty much because you're usually a 9 10 11 12 whatever drop right so you have to take that into consideration with your deployment sometimes go more conservative but so yeah it just introduces these the, the constraints make it a lot more interesting um, in my opinion yeah and I, I think obr is is what it, the lesson it's teaching you is to like mm-hmm. start looking at 
looking at looking at that macro micro balance that we don't yeah. always like players tend to be one or the other you're either macro or you're micro i think yeah and i'm very much a macro person that's why like I, i'm looking at the whole table i'm not looking at individual reactions um yeah. and, and i think that that that's what you're you're kind of learning is is like mm -hmm. look at the whole table look a turn ahead you know i mm -hmm. know that if this obr unit is here you know it's on i've got battle for the pass up here so I, I if you're on player a's territory that objective there i've got 24 inches between there and over here uh, i'm gonna yeah. put a speed bump four inches off this objective and then yeah. i'm going to uh dare you to make a non-rerollable charge in two turns like right. <laughs> you know, right. like, like yeah good luck um yeah. so what what i do think is 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 that would be a good topic by the way i don't know if you've ever thought about that but like you know there are a number of those fundamental principles of good play that are often you know, generalized. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for example, with, uh, I love the objective, 12-inch diameter, 12-inch diameter yeah. objective templates, because that lowers the barrier to entry for better play around Parity. objectives. But, the, yeah, and then it you've got Parity. the, you, where, where you need to, if you want to set layers, where you want to potentially set the screen out in front, and then you have the, scoring unit in the back that presents the optimal space mm -hmm. for uh, making a long charge that your mm -hmm. opponent has to get or maybe that unit's even further back so that it can just move on later on anyway yeah it's like it'd be interesting to try to figure out what are some of those sort of generalized good play principles that are a little more advanced than just what is pretty obvious to at least most people that have some sense of the game right you know? <laughs> right, you know, another one of my favorite is like when you have enough bodies to make a perfect cinch, uh, six inch circle around something, you yes. know, like and just yeah. you're just, you're kissing on the outside of it with your bases, and so yeah. if someone's gonna drop down like their one thing to steal the objective later in the game, you're like you can't <laughs> like exactly you know? yeah like <laughs> I've done that accidentally a few times but yeah. still like oh my god I forgot that basic concept of yeah don't allow a teleport come in and grab. Yeah. Um, the six inches within an objective yeah and you're just like you can't psych and like fighting's got nothing to do with it like you can't exactly. physically move to within another one range. is get yourself potentially in some situations outside of charge range because again you don't have to be on the objective yeah. yeah you know so you might be bearing yeah might have a terror guys bearing down on you and that terror guys needs to be able to get a charge off to get on your objective well don't get an opportunity you just yeah. simply Put yourself off of the objective because you're still controlling it anyway it's little things like that yeah and, and then you know like the the next tier of that is to be aware of the pile and that's going to follow right like right. Is, so so there's things like that but like um yeah i think that's where like another one of the pro the issues was exa exacerbated with the activation wars is like you're getting people with like piling in kind of out of sequence and mm. so when you're trying to like like actualize and understand like four inches is four inches right or three inches mm. is three inches you're like oh actually it's three inches plus three inches because of that pile in and so when you're trying mm. to learn these like you know that sort of second tier of concepts with spacing so a lot of players were you know better than average complaining yeah. about activation wars myself included like yeah you know like I, I shouldn't say better than average i should say above beginner play level you know like <laughs> sure. getting into some advanced concepts where you go like now my measuring needs to account for two fucking pilots you know like right. like having that moment where you're like yeah, Absolutely. like I was so yeah. like my intent was obvious. I wanted to be outside the range of the objective for the charge, and then you 
piled in twice and wheeled the hell and now you're like yeah. you know like look yeah. at up to the sky and that's where you shout creed 40k <laughs> reference for the people i rarely make uh make those <laughs> but yeah like it, it's i think that that uh, that bone reapers to get back on point i think that the lesson yeah. they're they're teaching us attacking soft sides is another thing you know if i've got my 40 mm -hmm. block frontage you know like being becoming mm -hmm. more aware of frontage it's it's right. it's it's not like advanced again advanced players non-novice non-intermediate players they know this but the a mm. the average player i don't think has these concepts down yet which is why bone reapers are just like crushing you and but then struggling to win the whole tournament because they get to those players who do know these concepts uh, yeah that's that gets into the whole uh we probably don't have time for it here but it'd be i'd love to talk with you some of the time of the how much weight to place on your concern about the casual, what we often refer to as sort of the, you know, casual player space, which has various subcategories within it, mm -hmm. you know, variants of profiles and interest and in mm -hmm. how often those folks play versus those who go to tournaments. And even, of course, there are subcategories within that set. But the point being that, you know, there's one point of view that I sometimes have, I've heard others express it, where you're more concerned about that casual player experience than you are about the tournament player experience. And yeah, from that standpoint, but I don't actually know if that's reasonable. Again, we probably don't want to get into it right I, now. I, um, I, um, it's a little of both, right? Like, I think that's, yeah. that's the thing is like you, it's a little of both. And, uh, how, where do you draw the line to round between the two? Is, yeah. I think that's, that's the question that's currently being debated because yeah. it's in the, in, 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 bone reapers uh case specifically because i think they're right mm -hmm. on that line they're exactly mm -hmm. on it that 60 that's exactly where the line is right mm -hmm. they're right on it um 70 is beyond the line you know like we, yeah. you know but right on the line at 60 percent, it's like okay they're right on that line where is it and, and i think that like honestly like because they are on the line and over an extended time period, the player base does get better at games. I've watched it happen in mm -hmm. real time with Age of Sigmar. Yeah. That you probably don't that. need to tap them too much in any direction. And yeah. they're just going to slide down a little bit as saturation. Saturation's kind of like the biggest problem with them, I think. Mm. Fire Slayers were like a, like a sleeper because no one was playing them until they found out mm. they were good, right? Like no yeah. one's playing them. Everyone was going to play Bone Reapers. They're a 100% brand new army yeah. to Age of Sigmar, number one. And they're not, yeah. they're one hundred percent brand new army in a faction that has an army. <laughs> you know, like right. like we right. you know, we had Night Haunt and I guess Flesh Eater Courts technically, but like nothing really you know, Night Haunt kind of underwhelmed people after Grimgast Reapers got nerfed mm. out of LON essentially. So mm. LON was being artificially inflated by one unit from a kind of okay middling mm. faction. Like what did, where did you think the Death Players were gonna go? What were we going to yeah. play? You know, stick with Flesh Eater Courts. That's a good option. Stick with Flesh Eater Courts. Mm -hmm. We're fine. But what about the rest of us? You know, like, who wants something that's 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 competent, that's good? Um, we want to be in that three and two, having fun with our friends mode. We don't want to show up feeling like it's a liability. Where did you expect us to go? Of course we're going to go play the new hotness. And then we find out it's good. And, we find out <laughs> right. it's, and then we find out it's a good, and then we get two free wins because, like, people haven't figured out how to beat us yet yeah like what is worth with I, I i take the point on night hunt generally i think that is an interesting example of where there was more fruit to be bared just a lack of focus on it 
uh, a lack of Chani's really digging deep and trying to find it. Well, and it's it's happened a little bit more over the months. Um, anyway, when when I looked at them, I, you know, it seemed like a really interesting one from a, a Johnny standpoint. If you're wanting to try to extract uh, more mileage, or you know, as Tom always says, you know, uh, what is it? Gas and that more gas. Let's get more gas. Gas in the, in the engine. engine. Yeah, I yeah. I, <laughs> I I still think Nighthaunt are are good. I think that their stats belie their belie their potential. Mm. Um. Uh, you know, the casino, you just have to, like, realize they're, like, a pure, ho they're basically a pure horde army now. Um, mm. And you just, they, they struggle to get all the extra damage that army wants mm -hmm. with with it. But, like, 4-up unrendable is pretty good across yeah. a whole army. I mean, that's that's pretty good. And what's yeah. and, and the other armies that, like, are bringing their extra rend are now bringing it at a liability to you. Yeah. Like it's wasted points. They like people have like bought that extra rune Smith in their, in their cities of Sigmar list. He's useless. Uh, or a couple, or a couple of them. Yeah. Like, like a couple, a couple, couple oh, extra oh, those, they, they might as well be dead. <laughs> yeah. 300 points might as well not even be, you're playing me with 1700 points. Yeah. Uh, you know, point. like there's like Nighthaunt are, they're such a, uh, an, I feel like people, uh, abandoned them a little bit before we truly got it. And I think part I blame it partially on where they came out. Them yeah. and 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 Sacrosanct Chamber both had, uh, they both had that first wave hotness into two point right? Like that's mm -hmm. what they had, and uh, and I, I just like feel like it it got that sort of like initial hype buy, but then when mm -hmm. the return wasn't in immediate on it, or like players went, oh, Grimgas Reapers are good. But you know what mm -hmm. makes them great is if I bring them back for one command point, and they go <laughs> and they go and they grabbed them. And they went and played LON. My army yeah. with them, uh, by the way, which offended me, who just wanted to play with my fucking skeletons. Uh, mm. <laughs> like, and then because you had to go steal someone's spooky ghost, my necromancer gets nerfed. Fuck you! Like I'm not happy. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, no, no, like um, no. So so uh, like uh, uh, Grimgas Reapers like caught all of the attention, yeah. and people bought in on Grim Gas Reapers. Even Nighthaunt players are buying in on them where they weren't a problem. And then you're told, right. these are not, you can't, now your army doesn't work anymore. And so now you have that decision point as a person who's on the Nighthaunt train, who's always just a good, honest Nighthaunt player, trying yeah. to solve the puzzle. This has been one of the ongoing challenges with the nature of allies and etc. Yeah. yeah. It's where you can have collateral damage. This happened early on, for example, with Sylvaneth Kurnoth Bows. Where our Kurnoth bows went up in points, and it was entirely unjustified within Sylvaneth Allegiance, and that continues to happen. Uh, hopefully, they're getting a little bit better at this. At one point, I had suggested to Ben to consider two point values the Allegiance you know, specific value, and then the sort of outside of that context value. Yeah. To reflect the, yeah, the greater value that you can extract from that war scroll yeah. outside of the specific Allegiance. Yeah. But that, I mean, I, understandably, you know, that muddies things up you've got two point values at that point it makes things it just adds complexity i'm not sure yeah what is a a really elegant solution to that challenge it seems like it's not as prevalent make the, as make the allegiance better that i mean that's really been mm. the answer all along is just make sure better um which they i think yeah generally the have. trend is positive in that in that regard and then they went and released a book that said, I play with your best stuff better, dot book, uh, Cities of Sigmar, and people love it. They're like, this is the best book ever. And I'm like, really? Because it's the Grimgast <laughs> Reaper problem ad nauseum. It does it to Stormcast, it does it to Fire Slayers, it does it to KO, it does it especially to Sylvanath. 
and you're uh, cheering it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a. Uh, I, I, I haven't heard a lot of critique. Maybe it's out there. I, I have. I'm way behind on podcasts, but it, it feels like I haven't heard as much critique of that battle term as I would have expected relative to I don't the think power people, that could be extracted. I don't think people were critical about it because they were. There's a wave. I do maintain it's the most important book to kind of come out last year. Um, yeah, on a number of fronts, it's extraordinary. Yeah, like narrative, model-wise, relevance, like getting people into the game, building the world from like, hey, these cities exist now. This is, Like they tried with Firestorm, but then they go, no, 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 here they are and here are the rules. Like that, it was so, you, you, you made it real. You galvanized it yeah. by giving it rules in a way that it, it didn't have them before. Um, right. I, it's such an important book. But then on the other hand, I like look at like one of my fundamental angers, and it's it's mm. a pure bias. Uh, it comes from what happened with LON and Grim Gas Reapers. It happened from being you know my my best bro Haywo watching him with just trying to play an honest game with his Beast Claw Raiders, and then like mixed yeah. destruction just ruining yeah. it for him. You know, like 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 it, like like it, that like it's it's a little bit of a little bit of like a a, a, a sore nerve when I yeah. watch the the Grim Ghast Reaper problem happen, mm. you know, yeah, where, absolutely. and I see that, like, I look at Cities of Sigmar and I'm like, that's what the book is. It's the Grim Ghast <laughs> Reaper problem, the book, uh, large. but yeah. four times, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like, like my friend, Sam, he plays Sylvanath. And I'm mm. like, hey, Sam, how about you go play Living Cities? And he's just like, uh, every time <laughs> I say it to him, he's just like, oh, it's like mm -hmm. I've stabbed him. He's so like, just defeat. He's like, you're right. My army would be better in cities yeah. but like i didn't want to play what else i wanted to play tree people it's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it just... funny so and of course like cities of sigmar players are going to see a problem and eh, like i just think that it's it's a it's it's a problem but it's not a problem quote unquote it's not a numbers problem i just think it's a it's a it is a problem that occasionally occurs and if it's unchecked it it becomes a big problem and yeah and you know what's the fix to it make the stuff you're stealing the units from better in their own faction in ways that you were that we started talking mm -hmm. about right like you yeah change the points when their own army i do like the one in four rule though i really do in cities of sigmar yeah i really yeah. like that absolutely it, you know, like with the Stormcast, it, Stormcast should be able to play in cities, you know? Yeah, and totally. so should those other factions. But it's like, right. I feel like it. the Sylvaneth player shouldn't be like, I should just be playing Living City right now. Like that, yeah. that's the, you know, you know, if your favorite thing is like Kurnoth Hunters and you're and like, oh, I'll just go play in this other book. You know, like, I don't like <laughs> yeah. that. Like, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, well, this has been amazing, man. Yeah. Let me yeah. do this finally. Yeah. No, this is great. Um. So, uh, real quick, just to reset, um, a couple things that you wanted to shout out a quick, uh, quick, we'll, we'll go ahead and reset those real quick. It, it was the, uh, the TO pack, the schemes, uh, what, what is it uh, you want to put on blast? Yeah, the schemes, uh, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, email, tylermersongmail.com for proposed schemes. Vince, Tom, David, and I, we're going to be revisiting this year. And then, uh, I've got some tweets up at, uh, Scrubbing Wells on Twitter, you can see all the details in terms of like some principles to follow as you're thinking about the tweet and then the format, you know, name, narrative description, and then the win conditions, the actual meat of the proposed scheme itself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I mean, that's the main thing, man. Yeah, we'd love to have a conversation about this TO pack that we talked about. 
I think yeah. I think that could be a really cool project. Yeah, yeah. And uh, different ways to do it. Um, yeah, and especially incorporating some of our conversation here, maybe other conversations that happen around uh, recommendations in one hand or not just considerations, let's say, at a minimum of what could make for a nice combination of scenarios for a five-round event if you're really trying to hit certain principles. And, and, and again, there could be variants. You know, there could be like, here's one version mm-hmm. with one set of uh, motivations and interests, and here's another. And, and the other one might be where you get relocation orb and you get all the crazy that comes in, all the fun craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to say uh, real quick, uh, we've got the Adepticon at home hashtag going on, so hashtag Adepticon at home. That's going on right yeah. now. Um, tons of content the whole weekend. I myself will be back twice more three times technically, but that's Andrew Tolstead's stream, not mine. Uh, I'm just enabling him. Uh, so I'll be back. Uh, tons of content creators. I actually think Vince is doing something right now uh, adjacent to me on YouTube. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so, so hop on over, look at that. Um, Coach has the schedule up on on Twitter. He's got tweets automatically sending them out. So follow AOS Coach on Twitter. is going to be your easiest way to stay plugged in with all of the uh, uh, all of this 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 adepticon at home content uh as always uh you can at me on twitter uh uh, tell me how great my opinions on are on everything uh you can leave comments (laughs) in the youtube video if you got that going and if you're listening back on like anchor uh there's actually a voicemail option i'd love to hear some voicemails from folks so uh you know get at me on that uh chat gang you are the show within a show thank you so much for being on oh before we go out uh scrubby and wells you got one question Mm. here uh, what yeah. I- what are your thoughts on a new Sylvaneth book? Oh my God, that's an entire show. That's Jesus, an entire show. Yeah. Oh crap. Okay. So, oh my God. Well, the elevator one. pitch. I'm, I'm, I'm yes. the elevator's going down. Yes. You've got three floors yeah. to tell me. <laughs> Get it in there. Number one. You can even give us a new, a third round of terrain update. <laughs> For the love of God, just give us one terrain piece. Just one terrain piece, please. Uh, yeah. That that that's the reason why. Certainly, myself and I think a friend. I've talked to so many people over the last three years who picked up Sylvaneth because they loved it for a variety of reasons, and then they realized what they got themselves into with all of these wildwoods. Yeah, and they're and they're out. So it's kind of like Vince. You know, he put it on the shelf and never touched it again. Yeah, honestly. Uh, I'm less salty about the new book than I think many people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, from a fat middle standpoint, yeah, the stats are saying they're definitely of that fat middle. Yeah, they're in the bottom. Side yeah, of very, yeah, yeah. But I do think again, if you know, with more experience, if you get more experience with them, if you get a little more fortunate in your matchups, you can pull four one, and by some miracle, you might. Every once in a while, not very often, pull a five zero. It, it would be very difficult, I think, right now to pull a five zero with Sylvaneth. Yeah. Um, it's been extremely rare since that book came out, and I think Lori did it at least once. Lori Huggett Wild is a really good Sylvaneth player in the UK, mm-hmm. but yeah, to me, that's still a book though that you can absolutely go three two with a variety of builds, and it's in that Johnny space mm-hmm. of giving yourself a challenge to try to pull four one. And you might need to get a little uh, fortune with matchups and play well. Yeah. But yeah, Norwood's interesting. When I saw that book and it came out, it was all about Dreadwood mm-hmm. because of the command ability. Mm-hmm. The, that command ability is the best competitive thing in that book, uh, hands down, in my opinion. 
the capacity to just pick up a unit, sling it anywhere outside of nine, paired with uh, Spite Swarm Hive for the plus three charge, which can fail uh, on a one. So when I th part of the challenge with that book is it's a bit of a house of cards mm -hmm. whenever you're really up against it. And that house of cards has to hold up. And if it doesn't, um, you can be up a creek and not be able to, to come back from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you do you think it needs a full new book or like or do you do a couple adjustments no. would bring it back? Okay. No, just some adjustments. Just adjustments would bring it back. I yeah, Alaral needs to be four hundred points. And a real, real goddess. Yeah. Yeah. Real. Like the the fact she doesn't have a feel no pain. Or something that makes her more so. Get back up. I want her to have get back up. I think she should yeah, just be, be fine. Five hundred points gets back up. Like yeah. like not even on a four up. Literally, when you kill her, she gets back, whatever. Like she gets get back up. That'd be as, cool. As yeah. a redeploy, like or whatever. Like the yeah. like if you want to make it fluffier, like a seed pod goes someplace, like within right. inches, and then she re blossoms from that seed point in a turn, like whatever right. like she's a goddess of life show me something on the war scroll that makes her look like a goddess of life beyond yeah, healing because guess what she, uh i heal and i'm death like you know like, it, yeah. like it, healing is you is, is ubiquitous so show me life you know show me a, a yeah. god, like the god of, i want to see that like, uh, that's a i never thought about that man that's a really interesting idea yeah and it could be quite narrative oriented as well yeah uh yeah that's cool yeah that or a, a reasonable feel no pain would help I mean, the thing why I feel no pain, even a five up, could make a difference is the healing doesn't matter in a lot of context, even though arguably the healing can be even more intense, uh, more significant with particular builds like a null root build than it was in the prior book. But that doesn't matter in a game that generally is trending toward more damage output and the double turn hurting even more than and it more used to. More wounds. Like... More wounds. Yeah, so she can't, she can't hold up. In so many situations, she's never been able to hold up that well, and I think it's probably worse now than it's ever been. So it was nice that they dropped her back from 660 to 600. So you're, she's in some ways 400 points because you're getting, you know, Kurnoth yeah. or Tree Lord or whatever uh, that are 200. But yeah, she just doesn't hold up well enough. So yeah, yeah it's a cool idea. The heroes, I do think there's interesting elements with uh, Darthu. Running a triple Durthu could be interesting. Maybe a quadruple Durthu, you know, like a bloodthirster <laughs> type principle here yeah, because yeah, yeah. he got cheaper. Uh, certain matchups, yeah, they might have the capacity to do enough damage, but they can be they can hit pretty hard if you got the right combinations. Again, a little bit of a house of cards with those situations. Durthu needs to be within wholly within eight of a wildwood, so you've got to have a ways of generating wildwoods to get the plus two on his attacks. Yeah, it's it's a book that really stretches you and your capacity to to do well which is because of my particular profile type i like that mm -hmm. i think they have a little too much of house of cards going on though and not enough it's a little too fragile i i would love to see um i would love to see like um the the one the one wildwood instead and have them generate more wildwoods by affecting terrain on the table it's such an easy change. Totally. Easy Why, change. It's, it's, 100%. And we've now seen yeah. two armies now that play with terrain existing on the table, like, in the last couple months. You know, Slaves of Darkness has their despoilers messing with terrain. You've got yep. Seraphon now messing with terrain. Like, yep. like just, why doesn't this army just mess with the terrain? You you, yeah. you you shift the burden off your players to buy extra wild woods. 
they can still buy yeah. sweet terrain for the table because if they're playing at home, right? Like they're still gonna want to buy yeah. like and flood their own table. Like you're not like hitting your costs if they still play with terrain, but like right. it's the table terrain. That right. uh, my my bone tithe nexus. How sweet would it be if you if, mm. if it's suddenly overgrown and it is a wildwood now, like because you cast <laughs> right. a spell or like yeah. you throw an acorn at it and it just gets and like you know mentally you have to imagine it becoming overgrown with trees and shrubbery and stuff and now it's like yeah. it's helping me but it's also kind of hurting me because it's a wildwood. That's that's cool design space. Like that's yeah, cool. Totally. So that's like the, that. that's I think that would be like a really easy switch to make. Uh, yeah, I feel bad the most for Alarial over all the other gods because, uh, yeah. you know, Archeon feels like the Grand Marshal of the Apocalypse when you put him on the table. Gotrim yeah. feels like the Slayer when you put him on the table. He feels like the goddamn yeah. Terminator. Nagash yeah. feels like a god of de- a, a, a thousand point wizard god of death. Like, <laughs> you know, like, she's the only one. Gotrick, you know, for as, yeah. like, I feel like he, or not Gotrick, uh, Gordrak, I feel could be a little bit cooler, but like, but Alarial's sure. like really the one out in the rain. Like, looking right. in at the party that all these other faction gods are at, like, just high-five each other with, like, the party favors yeah. and, like, passing around cake. And she's just out there, like, mopey. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. Yeah, I mean, there are tricks that you can do with her. I love that. Stacking Throne of Vines is nice with Metamorphosis because you're getting Metamorphosis or Spell. You're getting more dice to roll as the turns click over. But again, she's a at least a 400 point model that is having to stay back, trying to stay out of harm's way. You're not necessarily getting as much mileage out of the synergy as you used to because her command ability changed. Her command ability previously was extraordinary that uh, once per game, everything in your army rerolls wounds mm-hmm. until your next hero phase. So you potentially get a lot of mileage out of that. Uh, it's still, it's not, it's not bad, but I don't think it's as strong, you know, for that. It doesn't have as much spike potential right. as it used to. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's a number of, I mean, I, for the most part, I still love the design imprint of that army. Mm-hmm. The army doesn't spike in any particular area, but I mean, one of my strong biases, I think we might have talked about this in the past, are the um, toolbox armies, you know, the combined arms armies. That's, Sylvaneth was one of, I think, arguably, well, Stormcast was obviously the starting point of that, but then the next great expression of that combined arms approach. What was the original Sylvaneth list? It was essentially Durthu, Ancient, Branch Witch, 2x10 Dryads, 1x5 Tree Revenants, mm-hmm. and then 12 Kurnoth Hunters in some combination, usually 2x3 Bows, and a unit of 6 sides. I like to do the 2x3 sides for board flexibility. But that, just think about the footprint of that army. You've got three size ranges, big, or arguably, yeah, uh, big Tree Lord dudes. You've got the Kurnoth, and then you've got your Dryads. You've got shooting, you've got combat, you've got magic. You're not spiking in any particular area. And then you've got the teleporting. That army and that faction had such a beautiful, <laughs> you know, sort of platonic uh, type footprint to it, in my opinion, from a design standpoint. The woods were always the crux holding it back. Mm, yeah. um, I, so you, you've got to find a way to be able to maintain teleporting or generally maintain mobility in some other fashion. If you take away the woods and just have, like you were describing, one would, I don't know if you want to make the teleporting contingent upon terrain placement. If you've like, like you were saying, you turn the wild, you turn the terrain into wildwoods or something or into teleport beacons, teleport yeah. hubs. That's a little too potentially random and dependent on terrain features. That's probably a bad idea from a competitive standpoint. But yeah, you need some way, I think, to 
maintain the mobility without all the language. I mean, you could just have them teleport outside of nine inches. The game is fine doing yeah. that. Now. Like we're just <laughs> so fine so doing fun. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like change host. You know, like yeah. uh, you know, shadow uh, shadow hunters. Uh, they have to do terrain, right? But uh, yeah, Kerna, uh, uh, Kenari, like. It, the game is fine with it now. You know, like, we're just, we're fine with things and teleporting outside of nine inches. As long as it's outside yeah. of nine inches, fine. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. It, it, a yeah. while ago, when armies didn't really have the tools to deal with it, it, it felt like a, a bad thing for certain. Now it's like, you know what? Uh, if I've got eight objectives on the table, I just need to cover them and get good at it. Like, it's yeah. my, it's okay to feel that. I think that's the, one of the big, big takeaway points from this episode is it's okay to feel mm -hmm. uncomfortable. You know, like, it's, it's, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. Like, yeah. just, and then just enjoy it. You know, a loss isn't the worst thing that can happen in the game of Age of Sigmar. And if people are just yeah, playing their so. armies and they play how you sh you feel they, sh like, if it feels right, you know, like, and you know, you know yeah. when you're playing it. Orcs, why weren't people just the maddest ever when orcs mm. were jobbing, truly jobbing? Because it mm. was still playing the way you kind of felt it should, right? Like, even when sure. it was like the poster boy of the fat middle before the fat middle was claimed right um you're just like <laughs> yeah, yeah that's that's orky you know like and and you know when does that disconnect happen is when it like starts to not feel right and i feel like s yeah. the greatest crime sylvaneth has going on right now i think is it doesn't doesn't it doesn't feel right it just doesn't feel right and that's hard yeah to, it's it's more little... esoteric it's hard to pin down but i think it's 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 the correct read and it's a little off i'm glad that they took away the that quick Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Sylvaneth builds were essentially the same for a long time. One drop, up bunker. You know, we loved Border War because we would plop Wildwoods down on both of the two middles. We'd put ton of a ton of Dryads uh, wrapping Kurnop Hunters and everything is in cover and getting saves or we're zoning or we're throwing 30 Dryads in your face and you got to get through them. At least a lot of builds would have to, would not have any other choice. And, and, you know, that's the you know, massive speed bump. That's, that's minus one to hit and strung out across. Yeah, it's all, all of that. A lot of that crap, it's a very good thing that that went away. It's no longer as much of, at all, really, of an alpha bunk army. Um, so I think that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, two, you know, you know what is one step forward, two steps back a little bit, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, thanks again, <laughs> Tyler, for being on, man. This was a long time Hi, coming. Uh, don't wait. 40 episodes to come back on, please. <laughs> uh, I, would to, yeah, I, would, I would love to do another one of these. Um, and yeah. Chat Gang, once again, thank you so much for being with us tonight. You're the show within the show. Uh, AOS Coach, you're a beast. Thank you for helping uh, set all this up. Yes. And uh, I'll, you, I'll catch you all uh, later. Goodbye, everyone.